fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. They have been such a stingy team defensively all season long. Alex shot, knocked down, loose bucket, but backhander Murray got it! The Scorpion! An incredible save on Beauvillier! Put it in deep! Below in over the line, Olusen fires one, the rebound! Oh, what a save by Samsona! There's a bucket in front again, another shot, and it's cleared wide of the net, hit the defenseman, another shot gets knocked down. My lord, they can't put it in the open net! You know, get pucks deep, bring the puck deep. Put pucks in deep, just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out, getting pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep, pucks deep. Pucks deep, keep getting pucks deep. You know what they say. Fool me once, strike one. But fool me twice, strike three. All right, everybody, welcome back. Pucks in Deep podcast. That's right. Your ears are not deceiving you. We still exist. Still alive. We're still alive. We're still well. And we are back. Pucks in Deep podcast, episode 98. Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Share. Episode 98, let's go. We're nearly at the Century Club. Do you want? Do you have a player? I was gonna ask you if you wanted to fancy a guess. I have two. Jesse Pugliari. Nice. And I'm not gonna say the other ones because I had to Google. He. Oh. Oh. Okay. You did Google. Okay. So yeah. I. I had two going into Google, mm. and they were the aforementioned Jesse Pugliari and Mikhail Sergachev. Ah, Sergachev. In the finals. I hate that guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, interestingly enough, too, episode 98, the most rarest of NHL numbers. It's, in, in, I was surprised history. how how few players in history have had that number when we googled it. Brian Lawton was a notable one; played like 500 games. Right? right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I wish I knew you were putting that in the intro because that was a missed opportunity to throw the George Bush quote in there, <laughs> where he's like, "Fool me once, you can't get fooled again." Yeah, that they <laughs> fool me once, shame on me. So there's an old saying in Texas or Tennessee, or I know it's in Tennessee, but it is in Texas, and they say, "Fool me once, shame on." Shame on you. Shame on you. You can't get fooled can't again. Get fooled again. <laughs> I love how he, like, you're so right. I love how he, he just, just brings it back. Yeah. Listen, you can't get fooled, okay? My That's point what I'm is, saying. My point okay. is, you can't get fooled again. So I, I threw that in there because I was feeling lazy on the intro. Uh, Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko across the bar from me here in the garage at the Pucks in Deep studio. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I was feeling a little lazy on, like, what audio to use and... All I could remember was since we last recorded, which was a year ago. We got fooled fooled again? Or Yeah. (laughs) Basically, we got fooled again, you know? And I actually took some time and I went back into some of the group chats that I'm in where, you know, Leaf Talk is at the heavy. 
Um, some group chats that I'm in, it's it's like it's a pro leaf group chat. Right. I wouldn't say it's pro leafs. It's not always pro leafs. <laughs> it's not always pro yeah. leafs. But one of them is is pro leafs, and and another one is about fifty fifty. There's a a lot of Sens fans right. and Leaf fans in the same group, so there's a big dynamic there. That group is hilarious because you got the Sens fans constantly dunking on us for always losing, and then right. we're kind of we're trying to like return the slam dunk. Because they're not even making the playoffs, and their team's been a bit of a, a, a bit of a the butt end of lots of We better of sharpen up the dunks, though. I know, dude. We better sharpen up a lot because I just <laughs> when I when I took a trip down memory lane to see like what my what were my feelings like at the end of the season, and mm. oh boy, like man, they were harsh. Like I don't think I have been that knee jerk, angry, dark. Days. Dark days. I don't I know. know. I I try to talk you off the ledge. No, too, there I was remember. none. I think we stopped. We stopped communicating for a little while because it there was, was no talking me off the ledge. I didn't want to talk about it much either. But I uh, canceled my NHL package. Like I haven't. I've had that since I was seventeen. I've had that every year since I was seventeen. And a lot of people, you know, like to poke fun at me. Like, well, you know, you can stream it, right? Like, listen, I get all that, bro. But like. The only way to ensure that I can just, you know, watch every game without having to worry about like a stream going down or my internet going right. down, like the most confident play, reliable. reliable, confident play that I had in my repertoire was on my fucking satellite dish. And I won't even give them the credit that they deserve, but right. on my satellite dish, I could watch every game. If yeah. I had the sports nets, the TSNs and the NHL package, unfortunately we've had this conversation lots before let go. It costs a million dollars. If you're a Leaf fan, it's ridiculous. So I, I was like, I'm over it. And I honestly, I still think I am to that point of being over it. Like I'm not going like to magically you're not go and, excited <clears throat> about the season. I am only, I am only excited to watch Matthews score goals. Right. And, and maybe that's where some of my excitement's that's coming it. from. Because now that September's roll around, I noticed like Twitter starting to pick up, seeing some little highlight packs flying around, projected lineups. So I'm, I'm getting on board. Like I'm. Uh, well, I'm, I'm back not, on. I'm not saying like I'm. Uh, I'm not as excited as maybe past years because the team is relatively unchanged. And I think we'll get. I think we'll get to the Maple Leafs and we'll dissect a little bit. Um, but I think it's a good place to start is where we left off and where our feelings were. And uh, it it was more, you know, I was more, like, upset with Tampa. You know, it was interesting as opposed to, like, when they lost to the Habs. I was more pissed off at the opposition and the officials, but uh, not not the Maple Leafs this time around. You know yeah, what I mean? I guess. Whereas, like, last year it was, like, they got carved. They deserved it every little bit of it. Whereas this this time around, I was like, they played, they played, and the the guys the guys we needed to play played. They showed up, they scored goals. You know, I remember <laughs> I, know. I remember we were doing pucks and deke live. Our only criticism, I think, it was early on was uh, we wanted to see a little bit more out of uh, like you know Tavares and Willie. I think we were had no points in the first couple of games, and right? Then, you know, went off. Right. For the rest of the series. But so. it's like, you just said those words and it immediately like, I had. so you're like, well, you know, I said we played and you said, yeah, we did play. The guys that we needed to score goals and step up and play well, they did all those things. And I'm over here on the other side being on the other side of the bar being like, okay, <laughs> so then what? Then, What's next? They lost. <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to do? What do we do? Let's go. We, we pack our shit. 
we have a good summer. We come right back and do it like do oh, it all over again. God. You know, fool have me you seen one, that? Strike one, fool me again. Right? Strike three. Have Michael you seen Scott. that meme going around where it's like it's a guy wearing this like funny burgundy dress shirt and he's opening up a gift and it's the same fucking shirt and he looks happy oh, about yeah, it. Yeah. That's Leaf fans like every year. <laughs> I feel like that's captures my experience perfectly. I love that meme actually so much because I think the one that I saw was about like um, a sports game, like a video game. Like me opening up Oh, right, NHL. like NHL year after yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, me opening up the new version of NHL, and it's the exact same <laughs> game, but I'm just so happy about it. It doesn't matter. Like, I just don't know. I mean, I'm back on, okay? Like, I, I'm never off. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't really know how to officially decompress It's nice to pretend situation. hockey doesn't exist all summer. Archie, get him. Start watching the Blue Jays or whatever, golf, and... And then, like, oh, tune golf. in for some draft stuff and and some free agent, but then tune the fuck back out, dude. You know, have you been following the live situation? Not really. Like, I see they're they're picking up more golfers. They got Cam Smith and stuff lately, it's but pretty interesting yeah. situation, man. I, I, maybe they'll find broadcast rights if they keep getting uh, <laughs> keep getting golfers. Um, back to the spring, though. Um, is was that not the best Cup final we've had in years? I don't know. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch any no. of it. I didn't watch anything after the Leafs were out, dude. So, I was, I was, I was over it. Like, I watched like honestly, I hated like the sport fifty percent, and that's the only. I think that's the only thing I watched after the Leafs went out. Um, and I always got to watch when the cup comes out. I I, did, I, I always got to watch that. Game. I did watch that. Yeah. No, I did watch that. I, I always get a little, little emotional and watching yeah, that stuff. I, don't I know. Ha- I do. I agree. A little kid, yeah. There know. is a little kid. There's some wonder yeah. and. And and you know Nas Summer and Nas right I wanted to see I wanted to see our boy get that cup and yeah you I wanted to see Tampa to. lose too because I felt like they'd run out of steam they looked they looked beat up like and and they were apparently if you saw the rap sheet of injuries and so how injured some of those guys were like I think Braden Point kept trying to limp out every every few games after that um, that kind of freak leg injury he had yeah. against the Leafs. Yeah, that was strange. And you could tell it was like Tampa, they were just run, run out of gas. Their time was up, and, and Colorado was unstoppable. Like, Kale McCarr, man, like, we, I don't even know if enough can be said about that guy. I, I don't His know if I've seen, like, His elevation is a, wild, dude. I don't know if I've seen, like, a performance like that. And it's a, and what makes it so special as a defenseman, like, I think my, my early comparisons were, like, um... Early days, Eric Carlson. Yes, you know, but faster, but have more better finish. Just like yes, you know, he keeps he keeps putting himself up the rankings of of you know players, and I feel like he he's not he's moving himself like in a top five conversation with the league. Oh, I would but agree. like what he the run he had all all year last year is like an all time fucking season. Yeah, I would agree fully, man. I think he was just like superstar status. He was already there, but like, I mean, he's almost elevating himself into generational. You know, yeah, like, like he looks wild. like a generational talent, and just I I read a good piece on him, one of those deep dives, and it was saying how he was two years removed from or three years removed from playing junior A. Yeah, yeah. junior A. You know, junior A. And because he was small, right? You know, that's the Dude, story goes. Imagine and if he was in the league with the Lumber Kings. I would have been calling. I would have been calling games for him. Would have been so nasty. It's interesting because they interviewed like his billet family and stuff, and and his old coaches, and they all said like, you know, you saw it, you could see it, and when people saw it, they realized, you know, they realized the potential this guy had, but he wasn't. 
I guess maybe being on the West Coast too, just not drawing as much attention as somebody who's playing in the GTHL, for yeah, example. Yeah, right? that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But uh, you know, obviously, well deserving of that of that uh, that trophy. And man, I just just in awe. Like, what a thrill! As if that team wasn't exciting enough to watch with that forward group that yeah. they have. And now they got a stud defenseman, not to mention the other young guys that they got coming up, like Byram. And yeah. yeah, I mean, he played a huge top four role for them as well. It's funny that you're talking about Makar. I, I, uh, I was just looking at that highlight reel where he scored an OT against the Blackhawks oh, there God. when he pulled that spinorama on Kirby <sighs> Doc. Like, yeah. he's basically like a super skilled forward playing defense yeah and his his defense is on point too like yeah his gap control is unbelievable his body position you know he's a one-man breakout it's it and for him to have uh it shows how elite the skill level is for him to have adjusted to the league and has found a way to dominate it so quickly um all shifting away from a car but before we get too further into hockey talk mm. i mean it's been five months. Right. What'd you do uh, this summer? I moved. I'm also going to let Gus in. I'm going to see how this goes. I Ar- moved, Archie's being dude. a nice boy. Yeah, you did what, move. Don't move in the summer. That's my advice to anybody. <laughs> yeah, no no shit. Oh, God. And, like, I'm too old to do it myself, truck and trailer. But, you know, that's what I did. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, – that took up, like, two months of my summer. So there's, you know, weekends lost, cottages lost. And I don't, and I'm, I imagine everyone else had this experience as well, but wedding backlog came up this summer. So I Why, think, how many weddings? Did you I think to? we're going on number five this weekend. Oh, you got another one still? I guess yeah, fall weddings. Yeah, yeah, and I had two in one day. Two recently. in one day on, on Labor Day on the Labor How's Day. How's that weekend. even possible? Are you, are you talking like you had to be there for the ceremony at one, and then you went to the reception? I went to a dinner at one, and then back to the reception at the other. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so were you at the first – did you go to one, leave it, and then return yeah. to it? And, like, both of them had Toonie bars, and I still spent $100. Like, fuck <laughs> it. Well, you like to have a good time. For sure. I seen you having a good time there at one of our shows. I know, man. That show on the Black River was awesome. What a night. It was fun, man. That was a great night. It was a great night. I know you guys had a fucking great time. I, Me and the boys, we were chatting after the show there. We were a little bit – we were a little bit disappointed. We had hoped that more of the people at the fire might have come over and, you know, danced. And, yeah, was and, somebody telling ghost stories over there? Yeah, like, it what was, was going on. It, it was, was weird. Str- it was strange. And, and the thing is, too, is like that's the uh, that's the group that I told you about where we're kind of like their house band. Right, right. And we'll play at min- – not all of them. I wonder events, if everyone was just cooked after like big day down the, the river. Sun. Like, they it was the a, river eight hours, It was bro. like 35 degrees that day, too. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah. And, some man, somebody like – Friggin' shift gear. Somebody died that day, man. Yeah. Somebody drowned the river. Or a 68-year-old woman yeah. earlier in the day. Yeah. That was not weird. not a part of that group. Yeah, I know. Kirstie and I. The, you the, saw the ambulance, you yeah, said. Yeah, the, the way ambulance out. came crazy out. Crazy shit. It is crazy because I know it's dangerous, right? Anytime you're at, um, you know, when you're on the water, there's a danger, especially when there's moving water mm. as the Black River is. It's a natural, like, floating river for the listeners here who are wondering what the hell we're talking about. You put your tubes in and you float. It's kind of like a lazy river. Very shallow in some spots, very deep in others. And I remember thinking, like, I know it's possible for anything, but what a strange, like, what a strange circumstance to have a drowning because, like, you're, you're, you're with people yeah. on floaties and stuff like how do you i don't know I it was, no it was kind of blowing i never my heard mind. A, i never heard a story other than like anyway i won't get too into it it's kind of 
way off kilter there, but uh, yeah, that that show was awesome. Like we had a we had a wicked time that night, and it's like good cruise out from the cottage. So finally, when we got done with our move, we threw a, you know basically did a bag chuck into the house, new house, and headed out to the cottage. And nice. Spent lots of time with there. I was on a ten day trip. I think when I saw you out, out of the Black River. Oh yeah. That weekend, yeah. So it was good. Couple rounds of golf. Another soccer championship on my belt. Man. Not bad. Jealous. Not bad. I'm jealous. I wish I could say the same thing for our ball league. We just lost out last night. Fucking crazy game, man. Back and forth in the rain. I may have broke my hand. How did they make you play in the rain? Well, it wasn't ever raining too bad. It was just more of a... It wasn't... Honestly, dude, it wasn't Like, would they really... call the game if no. it got really bad? Oh, yes. Right. Yes, if it got really bad, absolutely. But it was nowhere near the level of it right. being needed, needed to be called. But Yeah, what else did you get up to, though? I know you played a bunch of shows. Like, you guys were busy. Dude, yeah. Deep we... River Summerfest was oh, a big one, eh? Oh, my God, man. Like, I don't know if any of our listeners are, like, on point here with, you know, following Sawmill Road's page. If not, do me a favor. Every like and follow helps. But, uh... Yeah, you can find the video there of Summerfest. Well, there's a couple videos there, but it was, uh, dude, it was wild, man. Like, uh, I feel like at this point I've said this too, too many times, but it's it brings me back every time I talk about it with somebody new, you know, and I know I already told you about it, but the listeners haven't heard about it. I mean, it was just insane. Like, we played Saturday afternoon. <clears throat> we opened for Jason Blaine, the headliner, Pembroke guy, country music recording artist, has CMAs on his shelf. Like he's famous. Okay. Like he's yeah. not, I wouldn't call him the greatest country artist of all time or anything, but he's, he's a famous guy owns a bar in Nashville. Um, so we opened for him. That was cool. And then someone dropped out on the Sunday evening, uh, right before the fireworks. And it, it's a, the long weekend. So Monday's the holiday. And, uh, <clears throat> I originally said no, like my vote was no, but I said, I will, gladly do it if you guys want to if the band wants to yeah. but my personal vote is no the other three guys wanted to do it so i said okay i'm in obviously and it was the greatest night of my life <laughs> it was possible very possibly the greatest night of my life you look like you're in your element well uh, it was i don't even really remember it which is unfortunate like yeah. i can only remember it through the videos because i i'm not even joking to you when i say like i i just it was showtime, and it was so fucking nasty. It was so sick. <laughs> the, 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 the sound and lights team, okay, like they were there. I guess that the first time you had that too, yes. right? You had all the everything outfitted. And, big stage. Right, right. Big speakers. It's not, it's not the basement at the Legends there. No. <laughs> big stage, big lights, big speakers. We had that, that cool like 10 foot gap between the stage and the fans. Couple big buff guys For, in between. Well, yeah, seriously <laughs> though, there was a couple security. We, dude, we had a stage rusher. Oh no. During paint the town. Was it a lady? No, it was a guy. Oh. Some dude ran up on the stage and again, I have the video. I think I have Did the video. Tackled? Maybe I don't. He no, he didn't. He I let him sing the oh. the final line of paint the town. Ah. Um it was just an epic night all around. Like the Deep River locals, like we became famous. Like, dude, two girls. That's always a big thing there, too. Yeah. Oh, Summerfest yeah. is huge. Two girls in the front row cried when I took a picture with them. 
Like, and I'm not exaggerating <laughs> this. Like, I'm not exaggerating this. They were already going, like, you know, the girls do the thing with their but hands. how many numbers did you walk you know, away with? No, they were younger. <laughs> but you know they do the thing with their hands. Like, oh, oh yeah. my God. They're, like, you know, fanning their eyes out so or whatever. So you're Jason Aldean for the night. It was really cool, dude. I don't know what to say. Like, and my guitar player, Kurt, he was the one that jumped down first because people were call, yelling, Slash. Like, they were calling him Slash because he was, like, lead guitar. He does such a great job. Oh, yeah. And he – so he jumped down, and he just went to, like – you know, hey, what's going on? And the reason why we jumped down was because we had a little break. So we, we, we ended up getting on the stage late. And uh, the organizer of the event said, hey, if you guys are okay with it, we'll stop you at 10 o'clock. We'll shoot the fireworks off. They're 15 minutes long. And then as soon as the fireworks are done, you guys can go back up and play one or two more songs. Nice. I said, I so said, everybody's all fired up after fireworks. I said, make it three songs <laughs> and it's a deal. And nice. he said, okay, no problem. So um, when we when we came back out for the second time, it was sick because the fireworks had just ended. Then, you know, the ending of the fireworks is always awesome. Oh yeah. So the fireworks are going off. They're crazy. And then everyone cheers. And then we immediately started rocking out. We played, uh, I can't even remember what song we came back with. I feel like maybe it was little bones by the hip, uh, and then save a horse, ride a cowboy and then crazy bitch. Oh Yeah. That's Which was wicked, man. And, like, the crowd was, like, chanting, like, one more song. But they couldn't do it because it's a festival. Like, there's another band. Right, right. You have to get off the stage very quickly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was really cool, man. It was very special. How many um, shows do you play? Uh, we actually were talking about this. We played uh, Main Street Pembroke, a fundraiser for C-Pan, uh, um, put on by a, a motorcycle club. We played right in the middle of the street at the corner That's of pretty cool. Ulrich's and Main Street nice. right there. It was. It was pretty neat. Um, obviously, that like that wasn't. That was just a donation of our time for a good cause, and uh, we were talking about how many gigs we've played. We think it's somewhere between twenty-five and thirty. Jeez. Just over our first year. No, but that's like for the like in, in in existence. Right. Right. In our existence, not not just this past summer, but we were busy, man. At one point, we had four consecutive uh, weekends, which was pretty tough. Yeah. But. Uh, it's fun. We're making a Great name summer, for our, though. Like making a name for ourselves. Friggin' weather was unreal. Yeah. For like I don't know. By the time I started getting out to enjoy myself, I found it was just weekends were phenomenal. And even this past weekend, I got like good seven, six hours on the boat. It yeah. Was just, just perfect. Yeah, it's but, hanging on. You know, I'm a fan of fall, so I'm not worried about it. I'm not getting the summer blues yet. And no, still I agree. Been nice, so. There's still some time to squeeze in some fish and some rounds and all that stuff. So Yeah, I But agree. you know what? I'm ready for hockey. I got to say, and I say it every damn year on this show, why is why are they not at training camp right now? Why is nobody starting anything? Why isn't preseason start next week? It's such a joke. Yeah, well, I guess we're... Friggin' Junior A starting next yeah, week. Yeah, but aren't we still suffering from some COVID scheduling pushbacks? I don't think that's the case this time, though. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be at all. So I don't quite understand why we haven't fixed this problem yet. Even, like, having the... Um, the, the Was it the draft and free agency being well late than what they're supposed to... Which I get because they're, they're backing off of the season, but that even kind of just threw me off and... May have my interest wane a little bit. Well, I guess next year at this time, we'll be preparing for a more like common schedule, I guess, yeah. right? Like it should be October 4. I would hope so. And I think it's, uh, I don't know, it just feels like it's time. I think I'm ready to, I'm ready to watch it. But in as, a a, normal, as opposed to May when I don't want to be inside. But in a normal year, 
it it is October four. Yeah, it's, it's only like early th- it's only like three days difference. Is dude. it really? When does it start this year? <laughs> October seventh. Yeah. See, even that though, I still think it's later than it should be. That's like three weeks later than it should be. Oh, okay, but. You're saying then it should be, but I'm saying normally it right. is October. So this is close, close enough to normal, we'll say. Yeah, you're just yeah. itching. Yeah, I'm itching. See, and I'm itching, but I'm not itching to like, I don't know. I hate to say it again, but I'm not itching to like, oh, I got to get outside and watch the Leafs. Well, like I said. Like my nights are, I don't think my nights are going to be consumed anymore by right. by me running out to watch the Leafs. Like I'm, I, like you said earlier, I'm excited to watch, you know, Austin Matthews score goals and all that kind of stuff, but uh I might be locked into the Blue Jays, man. I'm pretty. You know, I put put some time into them Did this you? summer, and they were so hot and cold and stuff. But they're looking like they're gearing up for a nice run in the playoffs. Tough roller coaster. Now here's something that you probably didn't watch, and apparently no one watched the World Junior Championship in August. Yeah, that happened. That I know, right? And even in the lead up to it, and I don't know if this is due to their lack of sponsorship dollars right now, but there was like no fucking promo. And I guess a lot of the hockey guys are off, right? The guys would normally be tweeting about it and covering it on TSN and all yes. that stuff. They're all off for the summer. <clears throat> all the hockey guys. All the major right. media personnel. And like, even if you saw any of the pictures or clips, there was no butts in those seats. Cano, no. Cano won a frigging gold medal in front of like you know two hundred two thousand people or something. Dude, I don't even in know. an NHL rink. I don't even know if I could have told you that Canada won. Oh yeah. I don't even know if I could have told you that, man. Like. It was such a no-care thing. Like, they didn't do themselves any favors by having the summer and whatever. I know it's not easy logistically and blah, blah, blah. But And I found it was interesting to watch, like, uh, some of the highlights anyway. Like, McTavish just completely tearing it up when he's, like, a, basically a solid-caliber NHL player. Oh, absolutely. And Bedard as well, who's well on his way to being exactly that. Um Shout out to the women though who won uh, the gold medal, beat the U.S. So that's always a nice thing, and that was that's the worlds, right? That was the worlds, the worlds. yeah. Um, again, an interesting thing as well, like no ads, right? No ads on the boards. None of those like brought to you by Telus and right. all that kind of stuff. Because it's not brought to you by anybody. There's it's not no brought money to you by in hockey Canada. Anybody right now, and it's crazy because. It it took a while, but once one, I found like a couple of the big ones dropped off, and then they all dropped off at once. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I found all of a sudden we were seeing like Hockey Canada coming out a little more and being a little more, I don't know, forthcoming is not the right word because it's the opposite of what they've been. But they seemed like they were <laughs> taking uh, taking it semi seriously, and there was rumbling shit was going to go down and all right. this and. But didn't they have the the, the director guy or someone that everyone wants fired out there handing out the medals. That was the worst part is that, so the women's world's rolls around. Scott someone. And, and it had already been going like, you know, is he going to go? Are they, the board of directors supports him now. They're going to keep him on and all this stuff. And sure enough, they got him out presenting the, the women's gold medals. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like that, the optics aside, that's just downright fucking rude. It is. It's stupid. And you can, and I don't even think you can Have you not had say enough? optics aside. Right. Like, this they're is, so bad. They're so horrible. So like, bad. whose fucking idea was that? Or is that guy going, oh, like, I'll fucking show you. I, I don't understand. And you know why I think, you know, why this guy is still in. So this guy's been here for 20 years. His name's Scott Smith. If he doesn't mention my name. He's been, he was the CFO in, like, 98. This guy... Not only has been a part of Hockey Town, but at the very fucking top of the executive of this yeah. organization. You know why I don't think they want to get rid of him? 
because he knows where all the bodies are buried. Yeah, yeah. If some, say they go in and they just put someone complete outsider in charge to tear it down and figure everything out and fix everything, all those other guys got to go too because they're all complicit. They're, and all the shenanigans have gone on for all these years, and we just heard about like two or three incidents in the last year. Right. Those, those guys are all complicit. They all fucking turned blind eyes. They all swept it under the rug. They're all a part of it. So I think that's why they want to keep their guy or at least another one of their guys in there because, I mean, this guy, the CFO unit has the paper trails. I know. His but dude, name's like, on the checks that go to these people that they're paying off and shit. Yeah. But like, dude, our hockey fees went too. It's true. You're not even joking. Our parents paid for us to play hockey. Dude, you're not even joking. I that's the worst part. I'm not like, like like it's you're actually saying a fact. I know, and it's gross. It's crazy to me that like, they, that they they've been so stupid. And they had sent a letter to their sponsors. I think it was like a, maybe a month or a few weeks before the World Juniors, saying, "Hey, so are we good now? Can we get our money back?" They were uh, they were trying to see like, "Hey, what can we do, or have we done enough already?" Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it was. And that got leaked, of course. They were they were trying to gauge. Exactly how many firings? How far do we have to go here? How many firings do you need for you to give us back your sponsorship and dollars? And there's been none. And like, I understand the government right now is roasting them. They're fucking committees and being investigated, and which so they should be. They got a shit ton of money from the government. But, and maybe they're trying to weather that storm before they decide what they're going to do or see what the government may force them to do. But... Man, they have not done enough. They haven't done anything. They haven't done anything. So that was going to be my next question to you is, and I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot, but like, do we know, do you have any idea, like, where are they with this whole investigation? And before you jump in, I did see just today a Rick Westhead uh, release or whatever um, about one of the players who was invited to the hotel room right, for pizza right, right. and didn't know exactly what was going on, wasn't sure mm-hmm. if what he saw was kosher, consensual, or not. Apparently stuck around for 10 minutes, had a couple zaws, and then fucked off. So that's the newest development, but I haven't heard anything from old Ricky Westhead in a while. Mm-hmm. Like what... And I'm not blaming Rick Westhead. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, what what's going on? Yeah, and it doesn't – so apparently they've brought somebody in. You know, they always bring in some independent law firm, do some kind of audit and run through all this stuff and find out they went wrong, similar to what we saw happen with the Blackhawks and all that. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see when the shit falls. And it'll probably come out of nowhere, uh, seems to me most likely. But I don't know. Like, it's going to take a lot and – you would think the right thing to do right off the bat was clean house. Get rid of everyone. You got to get rid of like all of them. Everyone. You do because like everybody who's on that board has been around for 20 plus years. Pretty much everybody. And in, in those 20 plus years, are you going to try and tell me that one or two of them only had knowledge of this reserved yeah, fund? The reserved yeah. fund. The reserved fund. Yeah. Oh. That that was definitely a uh, that was a kick right in the fucking balls. It was man, and it and it should be, and and it's it's actually having a a, a very strong effect on public opinion, which it should. It should. I, I read an article recently at CBC or something that was just interviewing like hockey parents about it, and like 
parents are pissed. You know, like people, people are pissed off. Well, and why, like, should, why wouldn't and you're, they be? you're trusting these organizations to pr- protect yeah, your children, your children, your family, the billets, whoever the hell it is. Yeah. You know, like there's so many different parties involved in one way or another with hockey at, su- at whatever level in this country. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's just, it's sickening to hear. And I can't, uh, I can't. I love the World Juniors, and I can't fucking get – I can't get behind Hockey Canada. At this get, moment. I get behind Team Canada, but they're the one and the same, right? Yeah, it's true, dude. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yes. it's really conflicting to say, and it, and I'm not like – You're I, not blaming nothing anyone. Nothing against the players yes, or anybody, I know. anybody I know. Who, who's you know going to be on the team and, and – you know, wish them all the success and all that stuff, and also, but it's know, probably still watch. But fuck, talk about a, 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 an organization with a, I would say like a very prominent, squeaky clean ish image. Hockey Canada, so proud, so prominent, biggest sponsors out there. RBC, Talis, and fucking Sidney Crosby. Right, you got all the all the players. You got all the Jonathan big names, Taves, Connor right? McDavid. The the stories, the medals, the merchandise. Think of like how many things do you own with a Hockey Canada logo on it? I know it's dude. a beautiful logo. It is, but it's fucking tarnished, man. It's tarnished. The whole thing stinks, and I really look forward to seeing something happen. But so far, not good. You know, not good, dude. I mean, we all know that there has been a culture surrounding hockey for decades. Mm -hmm. Okay. We all know that unfortunately things like the allegations against the members of the team, we, we know that they do happen. Yeah. Okay. And it's not just in hockey, but and it's you know, not there's just at like high levels football either. teams yep. in the U.S. and stuff like that. Like any kind of sport. Like yeah, it doesn't even have to be sports. Yeah. Okay, but hockey specifically, there has been a strange sexual, often like homosexual, like like um, tend not tendencies, but like act acts acts. Mm-hmm. That's the word I'm looking for. It's mm-hmm. It's strange. Like well, with look the, at, just with, look at hazing and I, shit. Thank man. you. That's that, the word I, I was. That's, that's the, yeah. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. You look like, at some of the shit that people go through for that stuff, and it's why is everything centered around fucking sexual assault and fucking gross ass shit? Yeah, putting it, things in your bum and I, stuff. I, like, yeah. what's going on, guys? Like, make them make them run naked in the cornfield. Okay, that's fun. I guess you know whatever. I guess, but even that. I like, know, dude. You know? But you know what I mean. I'm trying to be like a little bit old, like a it's little just, bit old school, but kind of okay. It just doesn't work. You and know? like, and and we've talked about the hazing topic before, and and kind of reckoning and all that shit. And you you can only hope that the culture continues to change and this kind of bullshit just gets weeded out. And, but I think the important thing too, is that like the people who observe such behaviors aren't afraid to blow the whistle on it either, because here we have half of a junior team basically involved in an assault and another half not, but they all fucking knew about it. Yeah. It goes back to the Blackhawks. Blackhawks. Yeah. They all fucking knew. They all knew. And nobody did boo about it. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's like we said about like Duncan Keith just retired and was in Oilers. Hall of Fame defenseman, bar none, right? But 
How do you feel about him as a leader? I was just going to say know? that. Is he a leader? How do you feel about Jonathan Taves? He used to be the poster boy of leadership in the NHL. Captain serious. Captain pussy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... What, all you talk about is teammates and being there for your teammates and looking out for people and being good ambassadors for your team and the community. And all these things are just... Make that, that those platitudes sound laughable, right? It's so true, man. And it's like when you're talking about these major organizations like an original six NHL franchise like the Chicago Blackhawks or a nationwide hockey program for arguably the greatest hockey nation that's ever lived in hockey Canada. Represent our country, We're talking about these major organizations. And like you said before, there should be a level of trust that's just automatically instilled upon that organization. Oh, I'm, I'm here with hockey Canada. Like I, mm. I feel like I can trust my teammates and trust everybody that's here. And it's like, it's quite literally the exact opposite of that. Yeah. People are here to stuff their pockets and look the other way. Yeah. And basically if, you know, if it came down to it, they'd throw you under the fucking bus. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, you know, one guy has a fucking problem in the room. Odds are that one guy just gets bullied till he fucking quits. Right. Before your teammates go, yeah, actually, let's run this up flagpole and fucking help you out and fix this problem. And, and ah, it's just, it's it just goes back to the the cultural thing and, and and the hope that it shifts and that you know, real leaders emerge in the sport that take care of things that take take action of, take action take care of people and just change that. Culture of silence, which I do think is on the way. I have no, like, I have no data or anything substantial to you would to think back just that. the way society's yes. changing that yes. it would come along with. Because it. I'll tell you, let's go. Like, I I don't really consider myself like a like a woke individual or whatever. But this hockey Canada thing, like, it did bother me. Like to the point where I made sure that I read every word of all these articles. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know it all. Mm-hmm. If there was material released that was 89 pages of some whatever, like I wanted to be in the know. Because I feel like you should know. And that's why I was and asking I you, where the, are we? Because it, right? it was it was huge news yeah. for a couple weeks, and then it's it's it has really calmed down yeah. since then. And that goes to the problem. Goes back to the problem of the culture of silence and stuff like that. It's the not hearing about it. It's the it's the go back. Back to the Blackhawks thing when Rick Westhead and Katie Strang were the only ones talking about it. And yeah. no one else would give it the time of day because they want to piss off Stan Bowman. Right. You know, it's crap like that that, you know, it, it's just – it's like the old boys club. It's true. Well, they they right? would put it they would put it on. It would be a headline. Oh yeah. But there wouldn't be any investigative journalism going on there. And there's not much of that in sports. Like let's be honest, right? It's uh, I think it's pretty well known that journalism in sports is, you know, almost passed off as beat reporting. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's uh it's very different, um, you know, than uh, say if you're on politics or something like that uh yeah anyway um we'll we'll move on from that one i think we beat that one pretty good up uh, i know a lot of developments happened over the summer i think we touched on it maybe in the spring or not i think we're just when it was starting to heat up but i figured we'd do that one justice and because it tied in with the women's world's gold medal and the sparsely attended world junior championship <laughs> that's an understatement man like it was pathetic <laughs> There's like fucking thirty guys watching uh, silver medal game there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch any of it. The I, crowds I, you'd expect for like Belarus versus Japan. 
That was the, was, that like, was the metal rounds. Yeah, like the metal rounds. Yeah, like I metal. was. I did say to some buddies of mine that I had every intention of watching the games when it matters, and I I kind of have graduated to that point anyway. Like back when I was in university and stuff, like I didn't care if it was Canada, Denmark. I had my jersey on. Yeah. I put it on. Da, 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 yeah, da, yeah. You know, and getting all watch them pound something nine yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, popping. boys. Um, I have since moved on from there. I'm I'm much less interested in the in the prelims. Um, I do like to catch a little bit of the games, but I was I was only gonna pay attention to you know the medal rounds or the or the whatever the elimination rounds, and then I didn't even get around to doing that either. <laughs> like it was yeah. just it's August. It was man. August. I was like, hey, like if I'm gonna watch sports, like I'm gonna go like half nap watching the Jays or golf. That's exactly it. Or I'm putting it on like outside. That's exactly so I can, it. Like, passively watch because those are great passive watching sports. Dude, the half nap. Dude, the half yeah. nap Sunday afternoon golf is so dope. Uh, my, my wife calls them the nap Jays. Dude. Oh, yeah. I remember you saying that before. <laughs> yeah. I love specifically the Sunday afternoon like work. So we do lots of work. As you know, here at the farm, we're doing a ton of work. Uh in the morning and then we'll break for lunch and then it'll be I'm coming out here like from one till like two thirty, three o'clock, it's just lays around. We're on our phones, we're checking things out, we're scrolling, we're napping. And then I was usually set an alarm for like four, three thirty, four, and it'll be wake the fuck up and see, see who wins. Yeah, we'll yeah. just watch the last like six holes. Like yeah. the last Hour and a half of the golf coverage is That's all my dad ever did. He amazing. tuned in the last couple hours on Sunday. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, what really, what am I going to do? Waste all my time watching someone fire a 68 on, yeah. on a Saturday? Like, it's cool, but I really want to see who's going to win the tournament. It's, all, it's very exciting yeah. how they do it where, you know, the, the players that are leading the tournament tee off later so they know what they have to do in order mm-hmm. to, to win. So it's really exciting, and I, but it's equally not exciting, if you know what I mean. Like, it's not exciting to the point where you can easily nap. Yeah, and then it's super exciting to the point where I'm like, "Oh my god, 16 is a par five, man! This guy, yeah. this guy's long enough; he can get there in two. Here we go! Like he needs eagle to get back into it or whatever. Like it's, I don't know, it gets pretty exciting. So. Yeah, that's baseball games for you too. You can have the most boring game with like three hits in it, and, and then, then the have eighth? like a barn burner comeback, nine eight victory, yeah. and extras or something. You yeah, know, it feels like a playoff game. Well, the playoff thing. games, I, I, I'm uh, getting. Uh, well known for my my calls that the magic happens in the eighth inning, like right in the eighth inning. It's like if you tune into the game and it's the top of the eighth and it's four That's when one. You see a rally. Yeah, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna stick around. Oh, a walk, okay, and then he jacks it, two run shot. Yeah. It's now four Pitcher three. Pitcher starts shitting his britches. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. The mid reliever is is coming down. Do we go to the closer? For a, for a five-out close, or like it gets pretty intense towards the end of the game. Football, too, man. Fourth quarter, it's the most exciting. Is it close enough? Right. Like All sports are like that, I really. I mean, football's back, so you know it's time to start arguing about who's going to be on the fourth line, and preseason hockey is just around the corner. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's how I know it's coming soon. Yeah, you're right, man. I still have zero interest in football. I don't think that will ever change. I don't think so either. Um, pretty interesting off season, I'm going to say for Canadian teams though. I mean, I, I can't recall actually probably more interesting off season at all. And it's not really that other than the big blockbuster traded out of Calgary, there wasn't a ton of big names moving around. No, but it was, it was the circumstances. I think the circumstances that led to it being amazing, yeah. right? Like Calgary was so 
fucked. Yeah. And they turned a situation where we are so Brad fucked. Living went from being like this guy. Zero Fireable offense. You just lost Matt Kachuk. <laughs> and Johnny. And Johnny Gaudreau to fucking Columbus of all places. Yeah. Right? So, like, it's just so crazy, man. Like, I, I do honestly believe that they are better. You think they're better? I think that they have become better, in my opinion. Okay. And now, like, this is going to be difficult to measure because they had a great season, Lesko. Yeah. So am I saying that they're going to have a better season? Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily saying that they're better. It's going to equate to mm-hmm. more wins, more goals. I just think that they are a better hockey team right. as constructed with a, a better play, like a better playoff team. Right. Here's why it's interesting. Kachuk goes out, and the problem is with uh, trading Kachuk is you're not getting a Kachuk. You're not even getting Kachuk light back because he's such a rare breed of player, right? So you're not getting the same type of player back. Right. So they go after Huberto, another elite scoring winger in the NHL. Great. Right. But where do they get the sandpaper? They throw their bank at Nas. Nas and Kadri. Very smart. Very smart. Very smart. Now, Nas is 32. That con- contract might not age well. No, but, but it's for good right for here. Now, it's good for here. So I'm going to call it a wash. Here's why. Because I think that's the best they could have made out in that scenario. Okay. The, I don't think you could dream a better way for them to have repaired those holes. No, so of quickly. course not. But I, Mark Zerman had a bad year last year. Fair. So I think he's better. And I think they're maybe, I think they're maybe not quite I think they do better overall because of Markstrom okay not necessarily because of those two guys right I think they replaced they replaced them adequately adequately okay. yeah as, as closely as you could so that's why I think it's more of a wash and I think if you see an improvement or they have a better playoff run I think it's just because Markstrom has a better year what more like the one, years we're accustomed right. to seeing him have okay so let me throw this one at you then because you didn't bring him up at all and the reason why I have Calgary being better is specifically Mackenzie Weger. That was a great throw-in in that trade. A throw-in, like, yeah. dude, he's—I he's, know—and he's not a throw-in. That's not a good way. to I describe know what him, you meant, but though. in this situation, I know right, what you he's meant. Window dressing, right? Yes, right. because for, to the casual hockey fan, Mackenzie Weger looks like a throw-in. Right. We don't know who he but is. Blah blah. He plays in Florida. He's an unsung first. Pair he's top of right, four. RD. He's top four, yeah. arguably top two. Yeah, and RDs. If you looked at the market. For all you people screaming to cha- trade Justin Hole out there, we'll get to that. Um, the, the market for a right defenseman is obscene. Yeah. Like, see how much Ben Chirac got? Like, um, these guys got term and money. You know, guys Guys who are... Now, Florida, just to kind of punch them in the knees a little bit here, um, Ben Chirac, they acquired him for, I don't know, 20 games. Claude Giroux also gave up three first-round picks or two firsts and a second in that process. Nothing. And did absolutely nothing with nothing. them. So you want to talk about your uh, deadline rolls of the dice. That was uh, maybe regrettable on their behalf. But I, I, I'm really but excited. Go ahead. All is forgiven because they got Kachuk on an eight-year deal. It's true. It's a big deal. Um, I'm really excited, actually, to see how Calgary performs. I got into a fairly heated argument with a couple they're of guys. They're just going to be different. That it might I said take time, right? They're better. There's no fucking way they're better. They're way worse. Okay, I said, okay, look, I, I'm okay to admit that maybe they're not better. That's just my opinion. But yep. you saying that they're like unequivocally way worse, Coley, you're a moron, you're going too far. Right. They clearly, like, I, I don't know how you can say that they're incredibly worse than right. they were last year. They lost this trade to, like... You, I think you're just doing that 
to have that hot take. Mm-hmm. I think that's your stance is to have the hot take. I don't think my take is necessarily scorching or anything. I just I I'm really really high on the addition of Mackenzie Weger. I'm really right. high on it. I do consider the Huberto Goudreau a wash, mm-hmm. and I do consider the Kachuk and Kadri a wash right. for now. Right. For now. And they got better at center because Monahan never seemed to flourish in the top. No, role. he he was fading. And and it, you know, props to Montreal for getting him for nothing. They got a first round pick with him. Right, but he dude, he had faded into non existence. Of course. And on a on a good team too, which you don't want to see. Um, you know, buy low. Yeah, but a, a new new scenery, new team. He could. Yeah. He's a he's a bounce back candidate for and sure. And they gave him money. He was one of those guys they'd given money to. Yeah. prior to proving I mean, six something. But you right? see, the other thing I think that makes the argument difficult when I say I think that they're better. I think that they're going to be better. Like you know, if we could fast forward the clock and they're in the playoffs in Calgary, right. I think they have a better playoff team with the mm-hmm. team that they have now. Obviously, if you gave me the keys to both vehicles, I would probably want to drive the vehicle that has Matthew Kachuk on an eight-year deal. Yeah, and... and you know? Be- and, and strictly because of that, if we're going to compare mm-hmm. Johnny Hockey and Huberto, right. which is fair, and then compare Kadri to Kachuk, mm-hmm. which is fair in terms of play styles. Mm-hmm. Well, you got Kachuk is like 23. Yeah. And and, Ka- and uh, Kadri's 32. So like and you... so that's why it works, right? Yes, of course. So that's... long-term, that's what I'm saying. Give me the keys to Florida... Mm-hmm. Because they got that nice deal. But the Kadri deal does make Calgary, I think, a better hockey team, a better playoff mm-hmm. hockey team right now. And that's what Calgary needs because Cal- Calgary's window is now. Yes. And it just got shorter because of the age of, Cal- of uh, Kadri and, and Huberto yes. and Markstrom as well. Yes. Right? So they've got to make hay while they've got Markstrom on this long-term deal. Like now's the time. The window got a little shorter, I think, just because they got a bit older. And I think Florida, being a team that's not quite ready, and I think that was evident last year. We were calling them frauds, I think, going into the playoffs, and we were proven right. Right. Um, yeah, good, good, <laughs> good callback. Good callback. And uh, I think them investing long-term in Kachuk is the right call while shedding an older winger in, in Huberto. It's a tough move. It is, especially after Huberto having a career year. It's a tough right? move. But, but I, when you, Chuck's out there, you make it happen, right? I know. And tough that, moves need to be made to, yeah. to be a winner, though. I'd say that's a prudent that's a prudent move by them, and it's a good smokescreen from the debacle that was the trade deadline for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, true. They needed to turn the page. They needed a little positive story, and, and this has got to excite people. And, and a factor that's maybe lost in all this is they got to put butts in seats in that friggin' stadium. Yeah, it's true. And Matthew Kachuk puts butts in seats. Yeah, you're right. He will. Absolutely. He absolutely will. Um, how about Ottawa? Man. How about Ottawa? We could do a whole podcast episode on Ottawa. I mean. <laughs> the summer of Dorian. It's the summer of Dorian. And we'll preface all this and get it out of the way. But um, Eugene Malnick obviously passed away in the spring. Right. Okay. R.I.P. Uh, huge. huge story. If you're going to read any st- uh, coverage on it, I highly recommend Ian Mendez's <sighs> article on it. Where he what an article. Really managed to incorporate his personal relationship and his personal assessment of Eugene as a person mm-hmm. who is, you know, by all accounts known to be very charitable, very generous person until he hates you. Right. Um, Which is quickly. But all of a sudden the team is money. It was. Right. Like the, the, the 20-year-old's 20-something daughters are in charge, and now the team has money. Well, 
I did hear uh, – I was listening to the uh, Ottawa Centers preview show on NHL radio a couple days ago when they were on. Jay Kahn, friend of the show, and uh, Boomer Gordon. They were meant. Uh, they had Dean Brown on. Okay. And Dean Brown was saying that uh, Eugene had been actually quite ill for quite some time, like months and months, and um, he ha- he wasn't really in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wish he would have clarified when or right. or or given us a better window and say you know what guys it was around Christmas time mm-hmm. in 2020 because apparently the NHL knew and there were already succession planned essentially but uh, the question I guess immediately was whether or not his daughters were going to keep the team or sell it because I know that there was rumors that Alfredson was sniffing around with an ownership group with like Jason York and some other guys. Well, yeah, and, and Chris Phillips is back. Right. And yeah, so, well, now all these guys are working and there. And so is again. Chris Neal. Yeah, they're all working like for the Like they're getting now. the band back together. Like this, and Ottawa's fans are buzzing right now. They're getting a little carried away. They are getting car- good, bro. carried away. I'm okay with it. I, I should have saved some of the takes I've seen because they're horrendous. And I, but I said that's why we got to sharpen the, the dunks and the chirps, man, because Ottawa's fans are coming for us. But uh, well, when have they not? I mean, what exciting summer for a team that you know was telling their team to go fuck themselves for four years ago to the day. Yes, when Eric Carlson was traded to yeah. San Jose, a trade which they made out like bandits on. Yes, of course. Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla, dude, that came out of that trade. Um, you know what? Oh, I, again, I feel like I'm just cherry picking from from uh, NHL radio, which I hate doing, but I have to say it. I don't know the exact statistic, but. It was 135 or 139. One of those two numbers. It's very close. Let's say 135. 135 points from the players that were acquired for Eric Carlson. Wow. Now, there's, it's a lot of players, okay? You're like, oh, my God, that's so many points. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of players. It's not like, it's not like uh, four players got you know uh, 90 points or something yeah, yeah. silly like that. It, 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 it is a collection, but, I mean – that trade was such is sorry is such a win for the senators now that we look back on it but mm-hmm. the hilarious part that i you're right about saving takes like i'd like to maybe <clears throat> pull up some receipts about like how I used to say, well, you know, Carlson's going to be gone next. And they were like, there's no fucking way. And then Mark Stone. There's no then... fucking way Carlson's going yeah. anywhere, man. No fucking way. I'll quit cheering for the team, you know. And then they, they traded him. And then they were like, no, it's good. It's good that we traded him away. And it's like, yeah, but like fucking two days ago, you told me there People was no. People were pissed. You told me there was no way that yeah. they were, you know. Because the story was they wouldn't pay him, right? Yes. And well, that now, was always the story. And look at that. So they had an event the other day. They invited the bloggers, the Twitter profiles, the journalists, everybody there. Timmy Stutzel shows up and he announces they signed him to a long-term contract, eight times eight point three. What a like, what a delightful presentation. Where this team couldn't do anything right, it no. felt like PR or otherwise. No, they, here they are with just a win after win. Like Pierre Dorian has shown us that this guy, he's a GM. He actually knows what he's doing. They're a team. And he is a GM. Okay, <laughs> very much impressed. Um, he, so, apparently, he's, he knows what he's doing. Like, and they they and now it sounds like foregone conclusion, but they got Giroux in Ottawa, and they and they they're good enough, obviously, for him to want to come play there, and that that rounds out their top six pretty nicely. They got a pretty nice top six. Yeah, I might pump the brakes a little bit on on uh, them being good enough that he wants to go there. 
I might pump the brakes a little bit on right. that. If Chloe, Do you think it's more of a, more of a Spezza? He's from Gatineau. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He plays golf in Ottawa. And he trains there and he lives there. He lives there. And, you yeah. know, and, and I'm not, I'm not Good disre- story. I'm not disrespecting the Sens or anything. I do expect them to be competitive. I do. But I, I would pump the brakes on saying that you know he chose there because they're good enough. I think he chose there because it's comfortable. Yeah, but do you think if they were still like basement burners, like you know, I think maybe he might have still went. He might have still went. I do. Yeah. Do you think that was just that's where dude? He was do you going? really think a cup is 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 number one? To I don't. Him if I don't he's going think, to Ottawa. I don't think so. I'm serious. I'm but, not. I'm not making a joke here. Like, but if, if cup was still num- bottoming but dude, out though, if cup was number one, right, then he would not be there. No, and and I think if they were bottoming out though, do you think he'd be there? I think like there, it was still I think abysmal. it's more I think it's more likely that he would go there than right. th- you know what I mean that then he would say I'm coming here now because I think we can win. Well, I imagine like, relax, the, Claude. I wonder how much the Eugene factors there too, man. They, players, oh, players oh. didn't like that guy. Yeah, right? oh, nobody did. Yeah. Listen, I, you said that all the uh, media personnel and, and Twitter people were uh, were at the Stutzla press conference. Was Jack Maxwell there? Do we know? I don't know. I wonder if he got an invite. I haven't even checked on Dole so Jack. I have been checking because I, I have a interested? bet. I have a bet with someone right. that it was Eugene. Uh-huh. And we don't know how we don't know how we're going to prove it. Yeah, because it, it was either a parody burner or an actual burner. But I think it was an actual burner. Did it because go dark? It went, it, it, there has been no tweets since his death. No, nothing, eh? Nothing. Not a like. There hasn't been a like. There hasn't been an RT. There hasn't been a TT. There Jeez, hasn't been anything, the man. The plot thickens. There hasn't been anything. We're going to go. do and, a documentary but dude, on this someday. Think about, like, think about all the things that have happened and all the good things that have happened right? for the Senators lately. And when you look at Jack Maxwell's um, like Twitter, Twitter page, number one cheerleader. Yeah. Whenever something Dick happened, to the day he dies. would say, like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened for Ottawa. Thumbs up emoji. And he'd say, our owner is a great man. Buy some nachos. Buy some jerseys. Our owner is a great man. He's, bring, he's building a winner. You know, and now all of a sudden, they, they they're are. They're killing it. Not they're a word. killing it and not a word from Jack Maxwell. I'm glad you checked in on that. That's, uh, I was wondering, and I, but I didn't, I didn't check. Not one peep, bro. Damn. I think it was Eugene. It might be right. That might be all the confirmation we need. Now, or someone's really dedicated to the bit of the fake burner. Exactly. And they that fucking could got be. us got. That could be true. Oh, man. Maybe we got God. That could be true. And maybe he's saving, a, like, uh, maybe he's got a tweet ready or he's waiting for the moment to, you know, come back. And basically, because now the thing is, Lesko, is his bit. And we're assuming that Jack Maxwell was a burner from someone else, like a parody account. Right. If it were, then he's done. He can't. It's over yeah. because that's the bit. That's what you're saying. Right. You have to be dedicated to the bit. You had people thinking that you were Eugene right. Melnick, yeah. which means now he's dead. So is your Twitter feed. Right. But you can't. You can't go on and deactivate. It's Jack Maxwell, if you're listening out there, buddy, give us a call sometime. I have questions. It's <laughs> true, man. I would love to talk I to would him. I'll fucking bro. tag him there tonight and be like, "You up? Like, I just want to know what's going on." Um, that's actually don't do that though because if he responds then I'm going to lose the bet oh yeah uh, <laughs> couple other couple other stick with Ottawa here because it kind of integrates with the direction we're going of course Debrinkit um, Debrinkit man wow Debrinkit like I understand Chicago's tearing it down but the cat not a guy we want to bring around. not a guy we want to move they don't want to build around yeah that. not a guy we want to move Chicago okay listen like you got dunked on for the scandal Okay, you deserved it. Why? 
Why are you moving on from this guy? It's 40 goals on a shit team. You got Taves and Kane there. All right? They're not easy to move. Okay, I get it. But if you're tearing it down, you can retain salary. You can flip a later round pick. Something like that. Okay, you can make that shit work. Oh, yeah. You don't have to get rid of Debrinket. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I'm not going to go so far as to say what I've heard, which is, you know, well, good luck to Brinkett with Ottawa. You're not going to have Patrick Kane, mm. you know, finding you. And that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still have him pegged for 35 goals. Oh, at least. And, and it looks like he's been lining up uh, so far in the informal skates anyway with uh, Giroux and Stutzla. Yeah, see, and so Giroux's a, a good playmaker. That's a great, that's a great line. Um, some, again, just more more for Ottawa fans to be excited about, and just uh, just a big change, big change of pace, and um, you know, it's it's good for the rivalry. It's good to get everything going. Do you think that now that they have a better hockey team, that we might actually beat them in the regular season? Yeah, yeah, that could be another thing too. They that might, would be nice. The Leafs might you know bring the A team. Like, wouldn't they... it be nice if we swept the season series this cool. this time? Like, because we lo- I think we've lost the season series over the last few oh, years. Probably. To be no, to be completely honest oh, yeah. with you, uh, more than... I go to the games and they lose. Yeah, I don't that's remember... why I didn't go last year. I don't remember them going to. Oh, they won the Sheldon game. Right. That was a big one. Yes. The the for his first they game in Ottawa. Pull, pull one out for him. Yeah, and I was there for that. That was a great hockey game. But um, yeah, it would be nice to have them be a competitive team. I think it would be nice if the Leafs could win the division and Ottawa could somehow scrap out an 82nd game victory to get into the final wild card position, and then we could play them ah. in the first round. You want to because that I think that's the only way we win a round. Ah, against Ottawa. It's the same only way, way. Same way we won the last round. We same won. way we won the last round. Well, fuck, maybe that's all we need is Ottawa to get back in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. You're a fucking genius. I know. Thank you. So if Ottawa, Thank you, Pierre. Ottawa gets in the playoffs as the final seed, uh-huh. the Leafs have to win the division so that's two things we get to cheer for okay so instead of going into the season and saying so oh, we need the Leafs wake, to win the wake division. me up in round two you know right. instead of saying that so we need them both to make the playoffs we need them to play and that's how round. we win that's this how is, we win this is how we win five and all oh. awesome that's a great idea and what's funny about it is sense fans they have the exact same thought right i hope you guys win the division and we face you in the first round because now because the leafs can't win around. the leafs can't win around right but that's the joke now Right. The joke back in the day used to be, yeah, (laughs) but the joke back in the day was, well, you can't beat us. Right. So it would be hilarious and amazing to bring those two together. Something's got to die. Something's got to give. Either the Leafs win a goddamn round or the Sens beat the Leafs in the playoffs. So if they play the Sens in the playoffs, what I want to see game one in the press box or in in a box in the, uh, in the, Friggin' Scotia Bank Arena. I was gonna say Maple Leaf Gardens. The Palladium. <laughs> the Palladium. <laughs> I want to see Joe Newendike and his family. Oh yeah. Maybe Gary Roberts, Ty Domi, Darcy Tucker, Shane Corson. Put the boys in the box, just looking Berg. mean. Aki Berg. Bring them all. Get them in Brian there. Brian Berard. Yeah. Bring the whole team. Cabriolet. Yeah. Bring them back. Bring them in. Bring them back, bro. Um, I guess the last note to make on Ottawa. Perg segue to Toronto, the center of the hockey universe. They bring in Talbot uh, as their goaltender, and they ship out Matt Murray to the Maple Leafs. Um, 
retained a little bit, I guess, on it. Not enough, I think, was your initial complaint, if I recall our conversation. Just to go on Talbot really quick, though, um, I think what they did here is they took a safe bet because they've got two young goalies. I think they believe will be ready in a couple of years. I feel like Talbot is a a safe segue until those guys are ready and until there are uh, – Let's say playoff team and not playoff contending team. Right. Right, because I do think they are going to enter playoff contending team status as early as this year. Yeah. So my buddy, we were golfing the other day, and he came over with the fake microphone, and he said, uh, do you like the moves from the Ottawa Senators in the offseason? And I said, yes. And then he said, do you think the Ottawa Senators will make the playoffs this year? And I said, no. And he said, (laughs) Do you think the Ottawa Senators will be in contention in the final 10 games of the season? And I said, yes. Yeah. Because I do. Now, in contention, what does that mean? Does it mean they're eight points out and they have to beat six teams to get there? Like, that's not fucking Mm -hmm. doable. But if they're four points out with only one team to jump and they play that team two more times, ooh, it's getting exciting, man. Like, I can get on board with that. I can see them doing that. But I I really do think, though, that... It uh, it's time to pump the brakes a little bit for Sense fans. It is a very exciting time. It's time for you guys to start being yeah. on, on the up and up. And again. it's working. For game one sold out. How there about that? When's the last time they sold out a fucking game when the Leafs weren't in town? So well, they haven't sold out since Eugene was alive. Clearly, there you go. So clearly, clearly, it's working. It's positive. We'll keep it going that direction. And the Melnick out but, thing is actually true. Yeah. I, ha- I have to give them their their props. I know it's unfortunate the way he had to go, but it's it so far so good. Yeah, right. But I mean, I'm not being morbid. I'm just calling it as it is. I'm calling the spade a spade because mm. the signs were up, the billboards were up, the fans were saying we're not going anymore. I called them on it. I said, you guys went. You guys went when he owned the team, and they were good. Mm-hmm. Um, the arena hasn't gotten any further away than it is, or than it was when you used to go. And that's the other you know? thing. So, like, I had, I didn't have time for those excuses. I'm excited to see the fan base get back on board. I know people love to dump on the Leafs when you're a Sense fan. I don't really have that hatred. It's not reciprocal. It gets reciprocal because I get annoyed. When my buddies are like overly chirping, we haven't been good at the, the same time stuff. in twenty years. We haven't been good at the same right? time in two decades. Yeah, so that's this will be, uh, I guess, hope for the future that uh, we we'll, we can hate each other once again. Do you, do you think the ratio of Leaf to Sense fans will improve? Hmm. Like at the Scotiabank Arena? Po- yeah, probably. Or it's not Scotiabank Arena. It's uh, what is it? The okay, entire center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rusty. Uh, <laughs> fucking Scotiabank rich. Arena is where the Leafs play, yeah, bro. I know, but it was Scotiabank Center or something like five years ago. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was Scotiabank something before it was CTC. Was it? Yeah, man. They changed its name way Palladium, too much. Palladium, It might have Center. changed right now. It could be a new rink already. We it don't could know. be a new rink already. It could be already. Sport Check Arena or sure. some shit. Yeah, but you're right, man. I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think the uh, ratio will improve. I do. Yeah, it should, and it's funny because they stay away from those games, but it's usually the best games they fucking play. So, it's true. The, the the Sens fans stay away from the game because, you know, again, not I'm not chirping or joking here. It is a fact. We go. Yeah. We go in droves, and they get sick of and it. And we get drunk. And we get drunk, and we get loud, and they don't want to be there with us. Right. And then we're like, great, this is our building, and then we yeah. lose anyway. Yeah. And we boo the three stars. And still chant, go, <laughs> Leafs go on the way on out. The way out. <laughs> so it would be interesting to see uh, – 
they're going to ice a better team this year. And mm. like you said, all joking aside, that might just bring out the A game because I, I think the Leafs more so than any other team in the history of sports play down. Oh God, to their opposition more than yeah. more than I've ever seen. They only show up. They only show up against good teams, and there's no better way of looking at it, even if you want to take two playoff series, Montreal yeah. and Tampa Bay, his examples. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they move on from Matt Murray. Matt Murray comes to Toronto. That was a bit of a shock. Dude, I had to take a day. Like, it like, was... I couldn't react right away. I had to take a day. It was a little bit out of left field and then made more sense the more I looked at it because I didn't know what they were going to do. Because I knew they didn't want to pay Jack 5-5, five five, right, what he got in Edmonton. Yeah. I knew they didn't want to do that. And Well, with, I think it was less the money. I don't think more, I wanted them to do it either. Me neither. But it as was, much as I love the guy. But it was less the money and more the term. It was the term, and I think it was they weren't exactly sure what they were going to get. Almost similar with Fred, Freddie Anderson when they let him walk. I don't think they were confident in what they were going to get. Were you? No. And, and, and same and, with but, Jack Campbell. But were you okay? That's what Jack I was Campbell say. went from All Star to one of the worst goalies in the league in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, he played fairly well in the playoffs. You know, I'm not going to knock. Oh, he him played adequately way. in the playoffs. Yeah, he didn't steal any games or lose any oh, games. Exactly. He know? did neither. So, which is fine. That's what you want. So I understood they were going to move on, but I looked at the goalie free agent market, and nothing else made very much sense to me. I mean, here here's a good here's a good kind of like analysis of. Um, of hockey media and how it pertains to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. Toronto Maple Leaf. I was looking at some, uh, right after, I think it was right after the draft or whenever all this shit went down. And it was like, uh, grading off season, t- uh, teams moves. Colorado, a plus brings in Gorgiev as their number one goalie shores up their position after losing, uh, Kemper Kemper, who was outstanding. You know, and was a great bet for them. Well, obviously worked out, and he had to go get paid. Mm-hmm. Leafs bring in Matt Murray, and they're they got like an F or something or a D or some shit. They both brought in friggin' goalies who had bad years. Yeah, and you know you could argue Gorgie is not even a fucking starting goalie. No, he's not. A, he's he's a backup. He's not even a proven starting goalie. If anything, they're taking a bigger bigger fucking chance than the Maple Leafs are with Matt Murray. You know what I mean? And yet the Leafs get endless, endlessly dumped on for, for this move. And not just by fucking anybody, like Maple Leafs fans right. as well. So what were your initial thoughts? Well, my initial thoughts was I think people are really people are really upset because we lost Friday the year before and then we lose Jack. Two guys that were very well liked. Jack is super likable. Everyone loved him. I think people got really attached to him. People got tired of Freddie, though. A little bit, yeah. But I think people got super attached to Jack because he's so lovable, right? Yeah. And I think that's what fed a lot of the anger. Right. People are like, why wouldn't we just pay him then? Why wouldn't we just pay him? Yeah, I know. But you if gotta, you're going to pay Matt Murray 3.5, why don't you pay him? I know, him? but you got to remember, most people are irrational. Yeah. Okay? And I'm not even joking. Most people are irrational. Yeah. So when you break it down and you actually look at it objectively, I think... I think people got tired of Freddie. I think the organization got tired of Freddie. Yeah. I think it was time for a move, and I was okay with that. <clears throat> enter, excuse me, enter Jack Campbell. I don't, I don't think by any means anyone got tired of Jack Campbell, but I do think it is somewhat relatable in the sense that we got tired of Freddie. I don't know if we ever had 
full, unwavering confidence in Jack. Right. Because it was always like, you know, and I said this going into last year because it was like, well, the Leafs are going on an unproven starter. He's not a starter. He's not a starter. I'm like, he's a starter. But is he... Uh, Bonafide. Is he going to put a, to put together 50 wins and a good playoff run? Evidently not. Mm-hmm. Not quite, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not. I'm not going to knock Edmonton. They got it. They got a swing for the fences. They got it. And there was the goalie market was bleak. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Jack Hamill was the most desirable goalie on the market, other than Darcy Kemper, right? And the Leafs weren't going to pay Kemper either because people were like, "Why well, didn't they sign Kemper? He's 37 or whatever, 36 yeah, years old, could barely see." Apparently, but how confident would you have been in that play equally? Because I know they don't want to get locked up on term, and it makes sense. So. Like I think Matt Murray was the best yeah. play at this time. And I think you're right, and it took some time to see it because I figured if anybody's going to rehab uh, a guy's career, it's the Maple Leafs, especially a guy with you know familiarity, Kyle Dubas, Sue Grounds, all oh, that bullshit, yeah. right? And Bring him in, by you look at Matt Murray's story, and his career dropped off when his father passed away. Unexpectedly. injury, injury, so on and so forth. Dude, that's a lot. You know, I know we always think of hockey players as one-dimensional human beings, but they're not ro- athletes are fucking people. They're not robots, right? They're not. They're not robots, and that's what we forget all the time. We expect, based on these graphs, that they're going to go out and do this. And let's be honest, goaltending is the most unpredictable position year to year. It's been proven time and time again that you cannot predict that a goalie's going to go in there and get nine fifteen next year. No, that's right. But like, I, I, I did some deep diving, man, because I'll tell you, my emotions ranged. Okay. Well, I know your initial reaction. We got, I think we got into it in, the, in a little text there. My so. emotions ranged, bud, because when we first, like, if you recall the news that the Leafs were even looking at Murray, I was upset. Right, because you're like, why? He's basically damaged goods. What the and, fuck is going right? on here? Like, I understand, you know, we're not going to give it to Jack. I, I don't think I was being irrational, but I don't know. Maybe I was a little bit because I, I was still in – I think what happened after the Tampa loss was even though I was happy with how the team played, they still fucking lost. Right. They still lost game six. They had a lead in the third. Mm -hmm. They still lost game seven with a chance to close. (laughs) They couldn't get it done, Mm -hmm. and I was sick of it. And I think what happened, bro, was they basically turned me into a Totoso fan. Right. Like a negative fan. And, and that's like, the fans that oh, you're here like, we go, guys. Why don't you go fucking lose again? Right? Oh, I fucking told you so. They can't win. And I hated it about and myself. And aren't those for the like fans weeks. that you're like, you didn't watch the damn series? Because if you go and, and say this year and last year were the same, then you didn't watch. Yeah, right? but the result was the, the result, same. The result's the same. But, I mean, if you let's, – let's take a perspective from a hockey executive, Kyle Dubas or whoever the fuck. They can't – if, if – you know, if, if Kyle Dubas came say, said, yeah, you know, I don't give a shit how the series against Tampa went. Fucking, you know, Marner, you're out of here. And fucking this, that, like the fans would say. We'd be like, you're a fucking idiot. What are you doing? Yeah, right? I know, I know. Because they don't just look at the end result. They look at how they got there, right? I know, dude. And but that's like, what... Why? That's, so like, that's Why can't they fucking close it? it? It was different, right? So in response also to the point you're making about the result being different... The first thing that made me get on board with Matt Murray, I remembered he has two fucking Stanley Cup rings. When's the last time the Leafs had a goalie with a fucking ring on his hand? Dude, I'm telling you Eddie right the now. fucking Eagle. So, what, remember I told you my emotions ranged? I was livid at first because I was still 
processing the loss. I was still right. Still I hot. was still hot about it, and I was in my well. This is fucking fucked. You know, the whole thing is fucked. We're never gonna win. We're never gonna win. We're never gonna <laughs> win. That was what I was just saying. It's right. over. Why do I even fucking care about it? Wake me up if we. You know what? If they can win the first round. I will fucking give them my attention again. And I was right. pretty hot about that because like, I have given this team so much of my attention, so much of my emotion, so much of my money in my lifetime, and they have given me nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Now, they don't owe me anything, but to a certain degree, maybe they fucking do, and I've, I've had enough of it. Right. So I was hot. And then I started reading all the fucking... The negative, fuck it. No, 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 no. The negative shit about Murray. Right. Oh, great. You know, and we were running. We <laughs> ran this guy out of town before he even got to right. town. Right. So I kind of was like, you know what, man? Not that I have a podcast that is listened to by a thousand people or t- tens of thousands of people, but I do have a podcast where I can voice my opinion i have twitter and facebook and stuff and i don't i don't have to be that guy i can i can i can be back on you know and i i want to support murray i i I have i have had a total flip i have had a total flip where like I'm expecting big things. That's the fan you don't want to be. The ones that want them to fail so you can be like a total self. Exactly. Not, I, you're not I, a fan then. I hate you're just, it. You're just hate. You're hate watching. Like you guys will go cheer for Montreal. Dude, it was hateful. Point. I was hateful. Right. I hated every second about it. I would fucking be in the chat groups. Two or three days would go by and no one would make a joke about the Leafs. No one would talk about the Leafs and it was bliss. Then the Leafs would come back up in the conversation. They'd say, what do you think, Cole? And I'd say, I don't give a fuck. We'll never win. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You're just still we, dark, eh? We will never win. It's over. We can't win. We can't win when they suck. We can't win. I mean the opponent. Like We can't win when the opponent sucks. We right. can't win when the opponent is the, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. We could play the Pembroke Lumber Kings and we'd lose in seven mm-hmm. games. You know, I, like, I, I just felt like it was over and I, I couldn't handle being that way. Mm-hmm. And then the Murray thing happened and I took it as an opportunity to say, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off this negative fucking ledge. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate other people that do that. I mean, I don't hate them, but I hate when other people do that. Right. So I don't want to contribute to that. And I don't want to contribute to Matt Murray making one of, if not the most exciting moves of his career. I'm not, I'm not saying the Stanley cups are, are moves. He was with Pittsburgh. Right. When that happened, this is a move that he, I don't know. Did he have a no trade or anything? I think he had something. He might have, yeah. So, like, this is something that he is super, super excited about. He grew up a Leaf fan. He wants to be there. His late father was a Leaf fan. He is ready to battle. He's healthy. He likes Sheldon. He He likes Dubas. He can't wait to get on the ice. And and I need Leafs Nation to join me in welcoming him. I want the biggest announcement for him being the starter. I want to see him, him get... You, you know, know? standing out when he yeah. skates out in the ice for the yeah. first time. What are we going to do? Boo this fucking guy? Because that's what we need, right? You need to fucking back your goaltender. It's hard Fuck. enough to be a goalie. People, you know, oh, oh man, just man. some of the takes like, oh, well, uh, goalie is already, uh, you know, shaky with his confidence, really going to thrive in the center of the hockey universe. Like, fuck, he wants to be here. What more do you want? 
What you more what I mean? do you want? We always complain for years. No one wants to sign here. No one wants to be here. You got guys who want to be here. They have the passion. They have the passion. Look at Giordano. Yeah. He took a step, what, 750? Hey, uh, Gio, Gio, we're willing to give you 950. I'll take eight. I'll take eight. What a guy. What a fucking guy. You know what, dude? I'll tell you one thing right now just to move on from the goaltenders. Right, maybe don't want, maybe we don't want to move on too quickly because I, I did want to touch on Samsonov as well. Yeah, that is because crazy. Cause Samsonov is a former first-round pick who did not get qualified, mm-hmm. which and, is rare. Mm-hmm. And we're in this situation with goalies where we haven't seen this level of turnover, I don't know, ever. We're just completely clean slate, two brand-new goalies, and two goalies with potential to do great things. I mean, Matt Murray has done great things, so we know what he's capable of. Samsonov was you know, projected to be a great goaltender, so that could be something that might pay dividends now and down the road. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at Murray too, man. Um, I wish I had the stat in front of me. I should have done better homework, but there was a stretch of games, I believe it was 12 games, January through February, where he had a nine three six, that's like that's top tier. Yeah, and uh, there were heavy favorites in those games. He had a couple games that weren't great in the stretch. Like if you go look at the they stretch, got dummy go, oh, by look Phoenix at, and oh like, look at Coleman, like oh, he yeah. Well, I know that he, but, got, he got blown up by Arizona. The I bungled up his stats there. They like put but, up an, an eight spot on them. But he like he had he had a stretch of of play. That was really, really strong, and then he had the concussion. Yeah. If there's an opportunity for him to thrive anywhere, it's Toronto. They're a better team than Ottawa. They're a better defensive team than Ottawa. They have become a much better defensive right? team as of late, too, Lesko. Mm-hmm. Like, it, within the last couple of seasons, I, mm-hmm. I found that they have become a lot tighter as a group defensively. I think that the Leafs' blue line, uh, if we're moving on from the goaltending a little bit, I think that I'm... I'm comfortable, but I'm also nervous. I don't know if you can be both of those things, but I'm I'm comfortable. The reason why I'm nervous is because of injury. Right, and that's the thing. I think if they get Sandine under contract, we'll feel a little deeper, a little better about the defense. Dude, what the hell is going on there? I, it sounds like somebody who thinks they have more leverage than they do. Who, Sandine? Yeah. Yeah, but doesn't he, though? Does he? Well, I he feel he wasn't even playing in the playoffs. Yeah, but if right? I'm Sandine, I feel like I do have leverage because I'm saying I want Timmy's deal. Yeah, but Timmy played better and more than you, so did he? Yeah, I don't like Timmy. Fucking Timmy! Timmy uh, solidified his role, man. He was the breakout player of the year for them last year. I don't year. know why I don't like him. Well, I think why because we had already written him off. I'd said on this show that I thought he was fucking forget about him. You know, I kind of so the still- fact that he. I kind of still feel that way. He proved everyone wrong, man. He's one of, he's probably top two on the right side, depending on how you look at yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's so true because of how like the importance on on being on the right side. Yeah, and that and you know, like I mentioned earlier, for for all you screaming about get rid of Justin Hall, Justin Hall, he's one he's what one more year on his contract, cost controlled right defenseman. I don't know what like I still see it. I've seen him from very intelligent, credible Leafs. Analysts out there saying like, yeah, I think he's getting moved still. I just don't see it. Yeah, but would you rather have Sandine or Hall? Well, if it comes down to that, then I see it. Well, I think that's why. And that might be the situation. That might be the case. That could be holding up any potential contract with him is that they're they're still trying to move out cap space. So there's a quick question. Do you see them making another move? I know the biggest names we, uh, we usually hear are Kerfoot, Kerfoot going out the door. I don't know. I don't know if there's another. I think they like Kerfoot a lot. You know? I like Kerfoot. And the thing is, I I don't 
and that's that. This is just me being like, I'm just kind of sick of the guy. Well, I think he's kind of vanilla, but I like him. Right. Well, I mean, what do you have? Fifty even strength points last year. Like it's a safe play. No power play time. But he's a smart player. And yeah, I it just he doesn't hurt you. I think the problem is that people think you can get two guys that can do just about what he can do for the same price you're getting him at. Right. But again, that's easier said than done, right? Yeah, it is. So I. I just don't know if there's another move there. I see them losing guys on waivers for sure, especially bringing in uh, Zach Anton Reese on a PTO. That guy's going to make the team. Aston. That that guy should have a fucking contract already. Like, um, the middle class or the lower class of the NHL is really getting squeezed. Every team is capped out. Nobody's trading cap space around anymore. Nope. There's so many dead contracts in the NHL. Yep. Shea Weber's flew around. Uh, Vegas just gave match patch ready friggin' thirty perennial thirty goal guy to fucking Nashville. Yeah. And and shout out Nashville. I know we're not gonna get into them on this show, but I like what they've done, you know, in a very competitive uh division as well to, to keep themselves relevant. Um anything else on the Maple Leafs? I think we kind of captured how we felt last year, kind of what we feel that going this year. I know the goalie's a bit of a crapshoot. And I am nervous about it, but I definitely feel I feel good, especially with the two like fairly solid options. I'm a big fan of uh, the Yarncroke ad- addition. Great player. Four years. Interesting. Which was interesting. Got to think they're competing for that contract. Four years was interesting. Wait. Uh, no. What? Who? Him and who? Hmm? Yarncroke and who? Who's competing? Oh, like other t- other uh, teams competing with the Leafs. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought you meant yeah. like other other um, players competing for his position. Like, mm-hmm. so he's going to play center. He's going to be our three C ahead of Camp. If Camp is in, he could probably be on the wing. Now, there's people talking about him potentially getting a look on the second line wing, which is the inter- I guess more intriguing storyline. Well, that's is the it, interchangeable they, part. Are they, eh? are they breaking up Matthews Marner this year? Put Nylander back up there? Are they gonna, you know, are they gonna audition a whole bunch of different guys next to Tavares and see what goes? Uh, I could see Yarkrock getting a look. I think the hope is maybe Nick Robertson can show that he has what it takes to play at the NHL level. I'd like to see that too. But if you're not using Nick Robertson in a top six role, are you using him correctly? Like, can you have a Nick Robertson toiling away on a grinder line? And that's the problem is I don't... Like, it's not a video game. I just don't think that... I don't think he... His his ability to play at the NHL level full-time is not even proven. So I don't see him adapting to a checking role. No, I don't. You know what I mean? No, and he, I think that's what I'm saying. He'd at, have to be in the top six. If we look at what the Maple Leafs have done in the last few years with their bottom six, they've gone for like a scoring light slash veteran grindy like mixture, whereas now it looks like they're just going for puck hunters. Yeah. They're going for checkers. They're going for camps. They're well, going for, they're going for, for possession. For uh, right? Abe Kubel, guys like that. Guys yeah. who just who are – Hounding it, hounding the puck. They're or in the corners. They're like you know how in Moneyball they're not bruisers, they're grinders. You know how in Moneyball they were buying um, runs, right? So they were trying to create this formula. Well, not trying to. They did create this formula where they can buy runs. It's by like it's like war, basically. Getting like cheaper players. Yeah. Like how how, so, how much. Can we put together? The Leafs are trying to buy 
possession. Mm-hmm. So like we have all of our major money tied up in these fantastic players. Yeah. And they put up the points that and we they pay put them up for. the points. And, yeah, we pay them appropriately and away we go. Now, how are we going to fill out the remainder of the team? And like you just said, are we trying to fill it out with like more scoring? Are we trying to play a video game where you drop one of your players down to the fourth line because that line always has the most stamina, mm. but then you want to put Matthews on it so that at least Matthews is on it? Yeah. Are you trying to do something like that, or are you trying to do the traditional scoring, scoring, shutdown, and then total grinder line? Right. You know, um, I think the Leafs now are trying to buy possession, so they have their two scoring lines that already play majority with mm-hmm. the puck anyways. The way to win games is to have the puck. And in order to get the puck, you have to have those puck hunters, those, you know, Zach Hyman's that they lost, mm-hmm. the Connor Browns that they lost, the Ilya Mikheyevs that they lost. Yep. You know, you're, you're losing those guys that are fast, puck hunting, physical players, and you're replacing them with, like players, mm-hmm. like players for less. And I do think that Dubas does have a good track record of being able to fill in the holes. Mm-hmm. You know, the Michael Bunting deal sticks out. Obviously, they're not all going to be home runs. Yeah. I think what they've tried Nick to do Ritchie. is just find uh, a healthier balance from the third to fourth line. Maybe have them become more similar as opposed to a bit of a drop-off. Because I think that... While I, while I enjoy Jason Spatza and all that and, and, you know, Simmons out on the third, fourth line, but those guys, you know, aside from the odd flash from Spatza, they weren't bringing much offense. They were playing too much in their own end. They couldn't skate with other teams' fourth lines. So I think they've done, they've done good by just kind of getting young, you know, younger, faster, hungrier, we'll say, on those bottom six. And that's, that's what really pays dividends in the playoffs when your top guys are tired or bruised up or whatever. And, they start finding ways to, you know, get grind out goals. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you two questions then. Um, best addition for the Leafs. Best addition for the Leafs? They didn't do much, right? I know, but they so added. Like, so pick one. They added. I guess I I guess I you know it's it's so it sounds so insignificant, but Yarncroke. Okay. But, but Matt Murray, See, yeah. honestly, and. And it goes back. Oh, I thought you were picking Yarkrow. No, no, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going Matt Murray because it goes back to two fucking cups, right? Okay, it's like, what's the least problem? They can't. They want to win a cup. They can't win in the playoffs. Who wins in the playoffs? Matt Murray wins in the playoffs. He has an unbelievable playoff save percentage, unbelievable winning record in the playoffs. He's done it. He's done it twice, in fact. It doesn't. I don't. Just, there wasn't a better option out there, right? I agree. Um, okay, next question. Worst subtraction? Probably Mikheyev. Mikheyev? Yeah, just because you're not replacing the 20 goals. Maybe you get maybe you get it with all those guys combined that you sign. You're not going to replace and, his two breakaways every game. Yeah, it's two breakaways a game and <laughs> possible finishes. And he learned how to finish last year. <laughs> possible he, he learned how to finish. There's no way they were going to assign him to afford him. And he's, a, he's an interesting player. Like, he's super fast, but also, like diehard, tenacious defensively. I mean, we talked about that stat, I think, where he was he had more scoring chances for on the PK than yes. against in yes. the playoffs. Which was wild. Which makes no fucking sense. That was so wild. But I mean that is 
that Good for just him. goes to show you what kind of players he got paid in Vancouver. His buddy came back Manco's from injury in, in in Vancouver. Yeah, he finally recovered from that injury. Um, wish him all the best with that. That's that's a hole you don't fill on the open market. I just I think he's too unique of a player. All right, good answers. Yep. Good answers. Do you want mine or are we? Yeah. What yeah. do you What do you think? <laughs> well, I was wondering. <laughs> I had a good little take. Was that going to reciprocate? Well, I had a good little take. I was yeah. hoping you might say, "What are yours?" Um, Send okay. me a beer and I'll listen to you. So, all right. So, um, okay. I have a uh, Molson Canadian. Whatever's I, cold. I have a Coors Banquet and I have a Clamato pickled bean. Whatever's the coldest of the beers. Beers. All right. Well, it's one of the Canadians and this one here. Okay. Um, so my my favorite addition or best addition is is also Murray. Um, I hate to you know copy your answer because that's not good podcasting. But I'll tell you everything that you said. I agree with. Uh, but my main reason why I think it's the best addition, and this is a terrible reason. There's no tangible way to measure this or anything. But mm. it's a story, right? Like, you like he, the story. He carries with him. A story, yeah. and I'm ready for and it. And something you can get into. I'm like, ready I for it. I feel like when fans get to know him, they'll be on board as well. Dude, I think I'm gonna get his jersey. And I do. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go all out and I get, keep hearing get a jersey people too. Like, oh, if he has a bad start, if he has a bad, it. If he has a bad start, then Samson will play more games. But guess what? He'll be back. They're sure. not gonna give up on him because he has a bad October. No. Just talk to me about Fred Anderson yeah, in yeah. October. Mr. October yeah. over here. Fuck, All right, so I'm on board with you for favorite edition being Murray. I think it's a great story. I'm super ready for it. I actually just watched his presser again today. Yeah. Just kind of we were getting fired up for the podcast, and I was excited to talk about the Matt Murray situation and how one day I hated it. And then the next day I decided I'm taking everything back and I'm loving it now. I'm allowed to do that. I can change my mind. People actually change their mind these days. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Um, And my, my worst subtraction, dude, it might surprise you, but it's, it's Jason Spezza. Right. It is. I mean, when you like, listen, what you said earlier about Spezza, you know, the skating wasn't there. They spent a lot of time in their own zone. I understand that, and mm-hmm. I don't disagree with any of that. But I think you will appreciate this point. Jason Spezza was one of those players where it felt like he was he was all in. Mm-hmm. Like he was one of the few players that you had complete trust. He tried that to when, drag them yeah, with him. Yeah, when he, when he went over the boards, and even when he was on the bench, like when, when he was out there – like he was giving it his absolute all. He would fight for you. He will get suspended for you. And and he he chipped in with some very very timely goals. Oh yeah. The Jason Spezza goals that I remember for the Leafs weren't really like hey. No, they were huge. Spezza gets on the board. It was it was like Spezza. You know what I mean? Like it. it was fucking yeah. We need something clutch, and guess who it is? It's Jason Spezza. You know, yeah. like I, I'm gonna miss it. Yeah. Now I, I know he's still with the team. Thank God. But he's not on the ice, and I think he, he was, he was, he was fantastic on the draw. Yep. Okay. And and he gave he gave power play number two an actual legitimate threat. And the Le- how long had it been since the Leafs had a legitimate PP2 threat? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what they do because no Mikheyev either who, uh, who saw some minutes there and 
was, uh, I guess, considered an offensive threat on that PP2. Um, I just think it's weird. It's unfortunate. I think not, – not weird, but I think it's unfortunate that we lose the services of Spezza. He was willing to mm-hmm. basically play for nothing. And it's hard to replace that. You only hope that th- that aspect of him, that intangible, that leadership, that fight, the dog in him, that bled off into some of those players. And he's still there. Right. So he'll still be around the players. And I'm really hopeful that – Someone coming in, um, if it's possibly Nicholas Obey Kubel, or I don't know if Kelly Yarncro. I'm not quite. Su- I'm not super familiar with Kelly Yarncro's game. I think he does like to mix it up. Yeah, I think, I think he he's likes a to, bit of a grinder. I think he likes to muck it up. I don't think he's gonna punch you in the face or anything. Mm. But like, I'm just. I'm hopeful that maybe. I think I might have it penciled in as Nicholas Obey Kubel, the guy that. 26 years old, you know, he's a smaller guy at 5'11", but he's 214. I guess he's not super small at 5'11", yeah. but, you know, he's a I bigger... I think 5'11 is small anymore for the NHL. Right? Yeah, but, I mean, he's a bigger, like, he's a heavier presence, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that, like, a guy like Spezza, who, if I'm not mistaken, Lesko, I think he's in some sort of player development position with the team. Yeah, he's, like, assistant to the regional manager. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Dwight. Float, he's Dwight. Dwight. Yeah, he's just floating around, like, uh, <laughs> basically figuring out what he wants to do, like, right. sticking his nose wherever, okay. which is... Perfect. I just him. think that it would be nice if he had a little time with some of the players who might bring what he had. Right. Capture his essence somehow. Yeah, like no one's gonna bring that leadership of being a forty seven year old a forty seven year veteran of the right. league. Like he's been in the league for so long. Um, I mean, people were writing him off four or five, six years ago yes. when he signed with Dallas, and yet he still was able to not only play meaningful minutes for Toronto, mm-hmm. but actually contribute. His like just seeing him, I, I think one of the biggest things, maybe underappreciated things with Jason Spatz is just his ability to adapt to his role. Yes, he could still have those silky mitts and chip in offensively, and he did that when he had the chance to do so. But the rest of the time, he's hitting guys. He's mucking it up. He's winning key draws. He's flipping he did, it in. He did whatever you asked him to do, Yeah. right? And applied everything he had to it. And like I, I feel like that guy... We're gonna miss him. For That's sure. what I'm saying. We're hey, gonna it's miss been him. really, it's been a really like a treat to have him out there because in a game where they looked dead, all of a sudden he'd come out and have a monster shift, yep. and the boys would get going. That half clap, short side, right in there. Yep. It's Jason Spezza. I mean, I'm I'm gonna miss him. And unlike Johnny T, <clears throat> who's a different kind of leader, you know, he's not. Jason Spezza's gonna step in the room like, let's fucking go here. Yeah, you know, like, hey. Shape up, like you know, and and also comes with being a, you know a veteran of that many years. But I think they said one, that one comeback win, he he basically picked them all up. He picked in the them room. up, yeah. You know, it's it's it goes to show you that whatever he chooses to do in hockey, I know he, he'll definitely have a bright future, and hopefully, it is somewhere within the Leafs organization. Sounds like he has the opportunity to do and skill set to do whatever he wants in the yeah. game. So I think he's going to carve out a nice career for like a post playing career yeah. for himself. And I, I'll tell you one thing: he'll never hear this, but I, I we let him down. I feel bad. Mm, yeah. now, I feel bad that Jason Spezza had two great kicks at the can mm-hmm. to make a cup run with yeah. with his childhood team, a team that he hated. You know, on the ice, he hated the yeah. Leafs. 
he had to. It was in his blood, like or sorry, it was like ingrained in the team. Yeah, you know the provincial rivalry, and of course we got the better of them early on in his career. Mm-hmm. And he was a prolific player back then, mm-hmm. and we got the better of them back then. It would have been really nice to come full circle right. and go on a a semifinals run. It would have been the greatest story. Yeah, ever. and I feel I feel bad. Mm-hmm. I do. I feel a little bad, uh, and I I wonder if maybe the door isn't fully closed Tom Brady situation maybe like a deadline like Gronkowski situation yeah or whatever. yeah like a like a like a quick little like, a quick little I don't know pro I figure, rate, like I a figure, pro-rated contract I figure if he's done he's done yeah it was probably hard enough for him to hang him up and I think I figure when he when he was yeah but what he if they're like what knew. if they're dealing with injuries and they're weak down the middle going into the playoffs? that would be wild because you wouldn't. Think what are you going to do? Make a deal? Make it like overpay right? for some three or four C just for depth? I wonder. I wonder if like he's staying in shape, well, like if he's, he's skating. Because apparently saying. he's a bit dude, of a gym rat. Yeah, but so. dude, are you telling me that all of a sudden between last year and this year, Jason Spetz is no longer NHL material? No, but if he wasn't training for a season, like you think of how much these guys train now, prepare. Like, what if he's just been knocking back beers and fishing? All yeah, summer? but what if he's been training? <laughs> no, but what if he's been training? I don't know. They, I wonder if I wonder if that's in the back of his mind. Like, he's like, let's stay in good shape. I'm retiring, but injuries. I'm training. Yeah, I'm not coming injuries. to camp, but I'm fucking training. It'd be interesting, you know. Somebody keep an eye on that guy for us. I like it. Deep dive. All right, uh, that about it for Leafs for now. I guess we got to wait and see and uh, hope for the best. I guess so, man. Says camp opens, we'll have some nitpicking to do and uh, bitching about insignificant lineup moves, but <laughs> I'm sure we'll find something to talk about. How many goals does Austin Matthews score? 61. Wow, that's exactly what Jake Hahn said on NHL that right? Radio. Well, yeah. fuck, I feel way smarter. Yeah, I'll put exa- money on it then if Jake Hahn said That's it. exactly what All he right. said because Boomer uh, was saying that <clears throat> he was asking uh, – or, or maybe that was the actual question because they, when they do their team previews, they have what's called five burning questions. And one of the questions, I believe, was how many goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, Boomer on the radio was saying that he thinks if there's anyone in the league that can get to 70, it would be Matthews, right. which I do agree with. It's he, mathematically possible based on what he's done. He would have to play 82, mm-hmm. um, and he wouldn't be able to do seven goals in 17 games or whatever it was. That's how he started the year. But I mean, he's coming off of like a like wrist surgery. Yeah, like literally, how you shoot the puck is with your wrist. It's apparently bothering him down the stretch. Yeah, too, and right? me- remember when he had the bum wrist and he played five or six games with it, and he scored seven goals in five games, and then took a bit off, and then took a bit off. But all the goals he scored were all. Uh, he was cruising through the slot and he tipped it in. One of them, he poked it in with one hand. It was just sitting there and he poked it in. Because you know what? He was hurt. He couldn't unleash the the snapper that he has. So he had to hover around the net and get garbage goals. And you know what? He adapted. He proved that he can score in any way you need him to. If if you've watched him throughout his career, that's what he does, man. He scores all kinds of different ways. I mean, the way, way we picture him, the way everyone hones in on when they're defending him, is you know stopping him from shooting top of the circle, right? But I mean that guy scores in any possible way. Wraparounds, tips, rebounds, like he puts himself. I've in... never seen a, a, a goal scorer with that kind of repertoire. I agree. He'll score in every single possible way, dude. I agree wholeheartedly, and it 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 is the exact the sole reason why I do believe he has surplant or surpassed Alex Ovechkin as the current 
best goal scorer. Best like, goal scorer not, in hockey. Not period. greatest of all time. Right. The current best player to shoot the puck in the net. Anyway, mm-hmm. whether it's the lacrosse move or the backhand or a shot slap, I don't care. The guy that does the best at putting it in the net, it's Matthews mm-hmm. for me right now, strictly because of that exact aspect. He can do it in like so many different ways. And I'm not saying that a guy like Ovechkin can only do it one way. But we have seen over the years, right. he's got his M.O. It's the shot. Everyone knows the M.O., the big, huge John Daly wind-up and yep. the big clapper, right? And, I mean, Matthews, for a while, I think there was a little tendency there. Um, remember, he used to get it cross-body and then shoot it yep. short side, which I thought was incredibly impressive because mm. he didn't actually one-time it. He would have to cradle. But goalies are looking for it And then now. shoot. Yeah, but that that changed. They flipped him on the other side. He started taking one timers. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Matthews has one timers. Several one timer you know? goals. It yeah. seems he's added something every year. Because yes. at first he was, uh, I saw a um, it was a good article breaking down all the different ways he scores his goals. And there was pointing out basically what I was saying that he usually scores in a variety of ways. But first couple of years, like no one timers, didn't even take any no, one timers. No, he didn't. Or clappers in yeah, general. Or clappers, yeah. So yeah. it's nice to see him work that into his game. And yeah, I, it's not unrealistic to say he could score seventy based on the statistics alone. It's unrealistic just because he's not Timu Solani in ninety two. Seventy six goals as a right? rookie. As a rookie, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I peg him for at least at least sixty, right? Sixty one. I don't see why not. And that'll be one of the more exciting things to watch. And I was getting a little nervous towards the end of the year. I didn't know if he was going to get that 60 like I was getting. He went quiet a bit. Yeah, he he did. I think it was like three or four games. Yeah, but dude, he had posts. I think he hit a post in every game. He hit like a post in every game or one of the games he got absolutely robbed where like it, it, I think they might have had to go to review because it was so close to being in and it wasn't in. And it's like, oh man, it's so unfortunate. But when you look at the goals, right? I'm looking uh, back through... Uh, Ovechkin's goal. So the highest that Ovechkin has ever gotten, I thought it was 65. I just wanted to confirm. So uh, 65 goals for Alex Ovechkin um, is, is is the watermark. And I think like, I don't necessarily think that a guy like Austin Matthews cares at all about scoring 66 goals to have more than Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're going to put something riding on the regular season. It's going to be a tough regular season. The Leafs are expected to do well. I'm mm-hmm. sure they will. They're going to make the playoffs. And everyone's going to be like, yeah, until yeah. the playoffs roll around. So if you're going to try and make it interesting, why not try and score 70 goals? Right. Why not try and score 66 goals, which Alex Ovechkin never did? There you go. You know what I mean? So I, I think like what I would like to do is be less boring than you. I think maybe your guess is a little boring. Right. I'd like to say... He's going to score. It is on the conservative end, and which just sounds crazy to say 61 goals. It's conservative. Is conservative. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But I would like to you know, be a little bit more risque and say 66. And, and the reason why I'm choosing that number is because it's one more right. than Ovi in his prime in 07, 08. Seems like something he would, he would want. That's and, what I'm kind of saying. Like, I, I don't think he it, cares. Like, I know. I know players like you know, say they don't care and they play for the crest and all that. La, 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 I think la. a little bit. But like he's he's got some of that like swagger. He wants to be the best. He yeah. wants to be the guy, and I think that's why he thrives in an environment like Toronto is because he wants to be that superstar. He likes being the man. He knows he's the man. I mean, just he oozes that vibe. Like right? look at him. 
He's got um, the worst hairline in the league. Oh my and he, god! And he just owns it. Oh yeah, and, he, and looking like, like a Mexican drug cartel boss. Oh my like god. he's just he owns it with the no socks, the slips with the flood pants. You mean You're socks sho- with the slips? man. <laughs> well, whatever, right? No, no. But I mean, sometimes he wears the shoes with no socks at all, and he's got the he's got the things up and the little bucket hat. He's, he's such in a, a fashion baller. league that I don't understand. He's such a baller, man. And I like partying with Bieber. Like really, this guy's lo- a legend. Really looking forward to. Seeing how many goals he can he can bury this year, starting in game one. Like I'm not gonna, I told you, I'm, I'm not gonna be religiously, you know, I'm not gonna let a Leaf game occupy my whole night. You know, 82 times. Right. Or I'm pretty good, like maybe 74 to We're 75 times. I am getting old. I have other priorities. I got shit going on. Believe it or not, we have shit to do. We have shit to do. You know, and but but I am really looking forward to to checking it out and, and seeing how he does and. Um, fantasy wise, I'd really, really, really love to to snag him um, in one of my leagues. In one of, one of my leagues is a keeper. Um, he's already spoken for, so I'm, there's no chance. Uh, I'm not going to make a stupid deal just to acquire him. But in my other league, man, like it's a random redraft every year, and I would love to get like second overall. Yeah, let someone else take Connor. Because I would feel I would feel a little stupid and maybe biased if I picked him first. Yeah, you yeah. know. But I don't think it's, it's that stupid. I don't think it's that stupid. Not a, what do you have? One hundred and six points. One hundred and six points. I don't think it's that <laughs> stupid. Let's go. I but, know McDavid's putting up stupid numbers too, but but if I got second overall and someone chose Connor and then I chose Matthews, I feel like that's comfortable and I feel like I, I feel great about it because yeah. now I have Matthews for the year and that feels great. I want to take you back to, I guess it was just before the end of the playoffs, which was interesting. So May or early June. Um, Matthew's cleaning house at the NHL Awards. How about that? Dude, the Lindsay. That's do, the one I care yeah. about. Do you, do you recall the texts going back and forth that day between me and you? I said, I said he was going to win it a few hours before he won it. Mm-hmm. His sister posted on Instagram them loading up the PJ off to wherever the awards was, Nashville or Dallas or where I can't remember what it was, right? And I follow her on Instagram. Okay. And if you follow her, you'll know why. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't, but maybe I should check it out. Yeah, to see what Matthews is up to in the summer. Right. Okay. But anyway, true. so fair. So she tweeted the whole family a picture, you know, getting on the jet, going to the awards. I'm like, well, if he's going, he's winning because I'd seen that McDavid. Like shortly after, his reported McDavid wasn't going to be there. Yeah, but didn't that have something to do with him being drunk as fuck well, and maybe so cheating on his girlfriend? In Dallas, right? So that's where I want to segue to that. Sorry, Connor. I mean, all right, good for Matthews getting his cookies. Pretty cool. I mean, I don't. But Lisa, he deserved it. Lisa though. never won either award that I he, can recall. He deserved it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He was the best player in the league, hands down. Last he year. was unstoppable. Um, <laughs> Except for the playoffs, Unstop- unstoppable <laughs> out on uh, out on the town in Dallas. So the video surfaced what like a week before the awards. What are you talking about, Connor? Yeah. Okay. So he's like stumbling downtown with like Cassian with a couple of broads. Yeah, he's you know, lit. like they're they're out. I think it was during the playoffs, wasn't it? Uh, or just after no, it was the, just after. Right. Yeah, it was so just like, after. none of it was a good luck, and he looked obliterated too. Yeah. Like somebody had like cropped and like zoomed in his face when the guy went, Hey Connor. And the guy looked up, uh, McDavid looked over at him and like could see the phone. I guess he's looking right at the camera. He's like, Oh yeah. Oh man. He's got I'm, that look on his face. I'm loaded like, and I'm cheating on my girlfriend yeah. here. With but like, maybe not. 
Yeah, you're right. You don't know what's. No, I don't know. You don't know what the nature of the relationship. I have never is. been outside a bar at two thirty in can't, the morning. We can't make any assumptions. Hey, but the only thing not surprising <laughs> is that there was a couple hockey players on the town with a couple of blonde girls. So. <laughs> That's about as a tale as old as time right there, my friend. Tale as old as time. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, no. <clears throat> is there anything else we want to hit before we wrap this uh, bitch up? No, man. I think this is a perfect time to wrap this bitch Pretty up. Pretty good. Anything, anything else can wait? You don't want to bitch about jersey ads today? <sighs> I, I don't care. I don't know why people care that's so thing, much. Why do people care? Who cares? That's the thing. I don't care. They're just ugly, right? Well, I don't know. You were in the group chat all mad about it. Well, I wasn't mad. I was just saying they're ugly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen. Do I do I enjoy them? Oh my god, that looks amazing. No. 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 Nobody does. That's the thing, right? But then there are people that like they're, they're way too far. Yeah. Oh, you're ruining the fucking game. Listen, guy. Okay, here well, comes Connor McDavid down the left wing side over to dry saddle. Back to McDavid. Oh, and the jersey ad ruins the play. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, oh, the can puck you got caught in the stitching can, of the yeah, logo? Yeah, can you believe it, ladies and gentlemen? The RBC logo just prevented Captain Nick Suzuki from getting his first goal of the season. Absolutely, what a joke! No. What a joke! You know, the funny get is, over it. The people everyone. make the most noise. Ain't they're not gonna stop watching, right? And that's the whole point. That's why they're doing it, right? Just to have a voice. You know, there was a good uh, there was a good tweet uh, the other day about it. it was Wyshynski said like, uh, "Oh, you're, you're mad that you're going to go to the Bell Center and watch the game at the in the uh, Molson Canadian Zone and yeah. uh, in your Coca Cola seats, yeah, and and you know uh, watch the uh, power play brought to you by friggin' Rolex Diamond and, Diamond and <laughs> like just yeah, take a chill, everybody, on that one and. It's not like the one you're buying is going to have all that shit on it, I assume. So No, but in the same breath, though, I do think that, like... I think they look terrible because they've never... They never die. I even hate when they put some stupid crest on it to say, like, 100th season or whatever. Like, I... I just like the clean ass jersey. Yeah, look. I've never been a big fan of that myself either, dude. I, I'm 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 okay with a shoulder, shoulder patch. Patchy, is fine. Like, the chest crests I find are just cent- the centennial thing yeah. or something like that. I'm okay with a shoulder patch, but um, yeah, I just don't think it's anything to get like so far up in arms over. Yeah. And like people are going a little bit too far. They're saying, "Oh yeah, like within a couple of years they're gonna look like the." Um, Oh man, Spangler Cup. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Spangler Cup. They're gonna look like the Spangler NASCAR, Cup, like NASCAR coveralls, like, <laughs> or like Munich jerseys or something like yeah, that, with yeah. like McDonald's on the shin pads I and know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like relax, like they, they're they're uniforms. They're not gonna do you know anything thing that is, you, crazy. You're not gonna notice. It doesn't really change the look, but you know there's gonna be some team out there with fucking you know some crypto scamming company on their shoulder <laughs> with some dumb logo that doesn't match their colors, like. I guess well, I just hope it's done done right. We talked about this with the bucket ads, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. please just make it look like it's just part of the helmet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not it's a fucking Zepter with this bumper sticker yeah. on the front of your helmet. Like <laughs> <A> bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> well, those Skoda Auto, those friggin' bumper stickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put on, it's like they, something they would put on a car, and they stick it right on the front of the helmet. Like, you could see, like, the... The friggin' um, marks underneath from the helmet with it, the screws coming through. Yeah, the yeah, front. yeah, yeah. Like it's just it still looks. So I wonder. Uh, I wonder what kind, what kind of jersey ad the Arizona State Coyotes are gonna throw on there this year. I'm very interested to see if they can fill that barn. Oh come on, dude! Are we gonna do this again? Are you serious? Are you seriously you saying they, that you don't think they're gonna? How many fill fans a do they average? Dude, they average like eleven thousand fans. Do they really? Yeah. So so. 
Yeah. But how far away are they from where they were? It doesn't matter. They're in a much more populated district okay. now. Because I know that they were in, like, nowhere. Right? Like, don't like get Glen- me wrong. Listen, Like, Glendale's like a suburb, Yeah, yeah. Right? Don't get me so. wrong. People that lived right here in Glendale, I'm not sure that they're going to get in their right. vehicles and drive across town to go to the, the Arizona State College facility to watch the Yotes play. But um, I think – have we not covered this already? Did we didn't I, talk about it. I had spring. my hot take. We did talk about the spring. I had my hot take, which I think that this is going to be good for the team moving forward. I will stand by that. You know what? It's, it's going to save them a pile of money. I just they don't, don't pay anybody. I don't think there's any way you can go wrong with – Well, No, no, no. Listen, let me finish, though. I don't think there's any way you can go wrong in terms of the experience. Okay. I'm not talking about right. business models and, and you know making right. profits. I don't think there's any way you can go wrong on an entertainment product level mm-hmm. by having NHL hockey – in an arena where you're right on top of the players. Yeah. You're at the PMC. Like, we're basically going to the PMC, and Austin Matthews is going to be there. Yeah. I think... You know? Connor McDavid's going to be there. Yeah. It's it, going to be amazing. Like I said, it's good for the team because it's likely cheap and a good bridge well, dude, leaf tickets are, for them. Leaf tickets are like $400. Of course they are. Like, I wanted to maybe consider going because I'm thinking, okay, it's like it's Arizona. It can't be that bad. No. Mm. Not happening. I think, uh, yeah, like financially speaking for the team, it must be a good thing because it's going to be cheap and a good stopgap until they figure out if they're going to make an arena in Phoenix or wherever, in Winnipeg or yeah. Quack City. I don't know. But f- for the team itself, though, it's got to be like kind of bleak. Like if I'm – Oh, it's lame. If I'm, I'm sure it's a nice facility. But if I'm a, if I'm a frigging player on that team or like something, they're like, hey, you want to sign here? I'm like – I just the NHL man. I played in bigger st- yeah, crowds dude, in London. But do think in about NHL. Yeah, but do think about it though. What's worse, a full screaming five thousand seat barn, mm-hmm. or an eighteen thousand seat barn that's just over a third full? That's a fair point. I will concede that to you. Right. And I, I just, I just, I have an interesting. But for the NHL, though, I know that that's the hardest thing. I know, right? but it's temporary. It's supposed to be a fucking business, right? I know, but it's temporary, and like, well, so it's. it's but, I feel like, but it's been a joke for a long times, time. How many times we use the word temporary in Arizona's Coyotes <laughs> in the same sentence? All the NHL is just going to temporarily own them, and they're going to temporarily be here, and right. fucking just. Oh man, the thing. The things they would do to keep that team in that state. I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like the the exciting atmosphere that I'm expecting. It to, should be good to, for the to, fans. Yeah, I'd say it's gonna one. it's gonna be good, dude. It's gonna be good on TV. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, that's well, gonna, gonna sound loud. It's gonna, it's yeah. gonna be great. Yeah. I wonder if the great. camera angles will be like the camera. I, I'm telling you, the good? camera angles will be way better because they'll be closer. Yes, right? of course. Right. Okay, it's still an NHL product. Mm-hmm. We're still gonna have like. NHL DJ music and all that fun stuff. They're going to have NHL players, going to have NHL refs, going to have fights out there, we're going to have amazing goals. We're going to have 5,000 fans screaming, probably a bunch of college kids because it's right there at the college. Right. They're going to be drunk as fuck. It's going to translate really well onto TV. And then suddenly they're going to build a new arena. They're going to have a season ticket drive. And I could very well see it working. I could. I could see it working maybe due in large part 
to this temporary situation where a 5,000-seat barn is going to be full to the tits, screaming and yelling every night versus the last handful of years, 10, decade, whatever it's been, <laughs> where we've had an 18,000-seat yeah. arena with only 6,000 fucking people in it. Yeah, do you think it'll be like – I wonder if it'll nights. be like cheap enough and maybe being closer to the masses, it'll be an easier time just at least getting people to go whether they suck or not, which undoubtedly they're going to suck again horribly. Right. So. That um, sucks too, though. If they could, if they could be a little bit a little more bit competitive, better. they could man. be the Ottawa Senators or something. Sure, eh? no, but seriously, even the Senators of last year. Okay, the Sens had a very poor record last year, but they uh, at they least probably were exciting take Ottawa to watch. Circa two years ago, they were exciting to watch at least. Now, here's this, uh, speaking of facilities, I want to shoehorn this in before we wrap up. Um, did you see the video of the Calgary Flames? They posted this, and this is like their. Oh, welcoming the player and showing him around. And they show, they show, I think it's Huberto walking, or Uyghur, one of those guys walking into the dressing room, like with his jersey hanging out. At up. the Saddle Dome? At the Saddle Dome. Did you see that dressing room? No, I didn't, but now you're making me really want to go check okay, it out. Okay, well, just look it up quickly, but, and I'll continue to describe the scenario and just the experience and the. the what am I looking at? Like Huberto. I don't know. Look at, like, just Google, like, try Calgary's dressing room and just. Take a look at what it looks like. It looks like it's straight out of the 70s or 80s. Like, it's not changed. It looks like like the Lumber King's dressing room at the PMC. It's fucking, for an NHL facility, it's fucking brutal. And so much so that, and this was such like a talking point, a meme for a well, couple Well, here it is. Days. Uyghur visits Flames dressing room. And, and like the comments were outlandish. And the Oshawa Generals post a picture of their room. And their room is 10 times nicer than the well, it would be. Flames room. It would be. I mean, well, yeah, it's a big time OHL franchise. Yeah, and I'm sure With it's a newer a barn. Newer barn, exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. Um, aside from Ottawa Senators being on the needed arena list and uh, Arizona Coyotes, add the Calgary Flames. I know we covered it a couple years ago when uh, Mayor Neshi got in it, got into it with um, Ken King and ownership and shit. But Dude, isn't what it terrible? <laughs> Dude, this honestly looks like. This looks like I don't it looks know. Like this Junior B. <laughs> this looks like you're playing a video game where you have to like construct your own building, and this is the you base. Pay for the yeah, exactly. This, this is, is the, the base level this dressing is the room. Base level dressing room. You got the shelving units from IKEA. Oh my god, right? it's so awful. It is pretty. I poor. hope they fucking like. Do you mean? Do you mean to tell me you couldn't like? Make some renos to accommodate that over the year and figure something out. That is pretty poor, man. I don't know what to say. I about I, that. I was like, no, how bad can it be? And I watched it, and I'm like, that is really bad. Well, doesn't that roof leak too and shit? Like, oh yeah, and it flooded a few years ago. And look, I know you lumped Ottawa in with uh, the Yotes and the Flames for needing new barns and stuff, man. Like, I like Ottawa's barn. It's I one know. of the nicer barns in the league in I terms don't mind of it, man. the Coliseum build. Every seat is a fantastic. There's no seat. bad seats. That's that's a good part of that rink. It's there's great. There's you sit way up top in threes and you still it's got fine. a good seat. It's fine. Yeah. You know, because it's not too uh, big. I guess it's, it works well for us being Western. I know. Did you see they they so they we didn't mention it earlier in our Ottawa spiel, but they did get a barn. Uh, the first steps Approval. towards a barn downtown. So. LeBreton Flats, right? We're we're uh, oh, I didn't. We're the biggest you. losers in hey, that. I didn't tell you. I went to Luke Combs at LeBreton Flats for Blues Fest. Right. We got in line. We're waiting in line, and it's like super long lineups. And Aaron, my sister, got something in her eye. So we're all standing there. We're trying to like help her out, find the thing in her eye. And some dude leans in, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I can see it right there. Oh yeah, you got it." I fucking look over. I'm like, I recognize that voice. I look over. Goddamn, Matthew Barnaby. 
No way. Matthew Barnaby just standing in line, me and like, <laughs> I mean, probably like 20,000 fucking people. Yeah. And there we are in the line, just 13 lines. Wow. And there's Matthew Barnaby. I'm like, hey, man, podcast, Pucks and D podcast. He's like, oh, hey, we chatted for a little bit. No way. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Wait, nice maybe to meet him in person maybe for we'll the show. Fucking shoot him a little T bomb there. Bring him up. Back He's on great. The show. He's great. All right. All right, folks, that's it. Episode 98 is a wrap. Pucks and D podcast at Coleman42, at Let's Go Adam, at Puck Pod. Hit us up. Let us know what's on your mind. We're back. Are we going to be back next week or no? Take a couple weeks. Don't make any promises we can't keep. All right. <laughs>